2: bing bada boom
3: let's get nasty on a friday it's a fast land on 101 espn it's a special friday because it it is, it is the heavenly birthday for our dear friend chris duncan uh, and it's it's perfect to be joined by Dan McLaughlin, who's filling in for Jamie Rivers. Hello, Dan. Hey,
4: good uh, good afternoon, and uh, special day when you think about Dunk. No Absolutely. doubt about it. It's, his, it.
3: it's Cinco de Mayo, perfect birthday for our guy Chris Duncan. And Brad Thompson is also joining us for the first hour. It's a Cardinals power hour. What's up, BT?
5: what is happening i'm already just remembering dunk just doing his sicko de mayo baby and getting ready to go party for his birthday i hope you're uh, doing hip thrust
3: i hope you're doing hip thrust when you just did that bt you
5: knew i was doing a hip thrust we're not even on zoom yet just just getting in there
4: hey by the way bt did you ever ask him about that photo with the world series trophy it's quite a famous photo
5: well, it, it started its own website, Dan, as you know. It was, yeah. uh, what was Chris Duncan humping this week? <laughs> and uh, ah. that was one of my favorite things over an entire offseason. Hell, that might have lasted over a year. It was like the new iPhone came out, and then you see Dunk like, Ugh! And then it was the uh, new Shrek movie, and poor Shrek, just Ugh! Oh, boy. I mean, it was, We <laughs> got a little bit of everything. I, I I think we need to bring that thing back, because that was, uh, that was magical. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean it, it's fun that we get a chance to uh, celebrate our, our late buddy. Um, you I mean Anthony, I know how close you guys grew over the years. Dan, you had a fantastic friendship with Dunk. you got to know him as a player and then know him you know when he transitioned to being a broadcaster. He was just one of the most special individuals that, that uh, I think that all of us, we can say we we had in our lives. So sad, we miss him, but a great day to celebrate Dunk.
3: I think it's perfect, too, because you guys knew him during, you know, obviously, BTU played. You played with him. You won a World Series championship with Dunk in 2006. Dan, you were on those calls. You had an opportunity to know Dunk a little bit through the media. And one thing that you, yeah. you have often said is you – you never thought that dunk would eventually get into sports media and have this you knew he had a personality but really
4: carve out a career for himself following his playing days i think bt will take this the right way but god rest his soul if dunk was with us and still doing what he was doing on the tv side bt i'm not so sure you're doing the games you're There's a hell no of a guy, left. and you you do a hell of a job on the air, but he was a little bit ahead of you in terms – I'm not talking about talent-wise, but when he joined, I believe he was maybe a year or two ahead. I can't remember if that's right. Yeah, it is. But um, And so I, I think both of you guys would have been doing games, but I, I would imagine that uh, Dunk would have been doing a lot of games because – The one thing i loved about him was his preparation and i remember we were doing a post game together and he was frustrated after the game because he felt that the umpire was not calling a a proper game behind the plate and he went into this deep dive of what the umpire had been doing all season his tendencies why you need to look at certain pitches to be called strikes that are off the plate and bt you know that i mean dunk was fantastic at breaking that down and getting to the nitty-gritty and then explaining it to fans
5: it was like uh, seeing him prepare, and uh, you guys know this. I mean, talking about Dunk, uh, the, the trajectory that he was on in this business, Dunk is the only reason that I'm in this business at all. Uh, I, you guys know the story. I think most of our listeners do as well. But – He was the one that had passed my name along over at 101 when he was going through his health issues initially. They said, hey, Brad's in town. I think that he might be good at this, and I think he'd like doing it. And it kind of catapulted from there. And I used him as a sounding board a lot. Like, hey, how do you prepare for this? How did you dive into football? How did you get all of these things? He helped me immensely uh, throughout. But you're right, Dan, man, his attention to detail. And Anthony, I know you did this a lot with Dunk. You'd go watch games with him over at his house and he'd be sitting there it was like watching uh the the, mo- the movie a uh, beautiful mind you know <laughs> where he's got like all the stuff like floating in his head but with dunk it was like some man sodas too and <laughs> stuff just floating all around and just figuring out uh, the entire world but he dug into everything and the atten- intensity that he had behind everything that he did was uh it, it was so fun to watch and know this And, Anthony, I'm pretty sure you know this quite well. If you had a difference of opinion with Chris Duncan, you better come loaded for Bear because he is coming for you. He's coming with stats. He's coming with passion. And if that doesn't work, he might kill you. So, like, you better be ready for it.
3: You're absolutely right, B.T. And you you nailed everything. You nailed who who Dunk was. I mean, the, the preparation, the hard work, you knew him from a baseball standpoint, got to know him a little bit from a radio standpoint and a TV standpoint, but yeah, the the guy was just unbelievably prepared. I have been doing radio now for quite a while and not every former athlete is, is like you, Brad, or like dunk was, or like Jamie is, uh, or, or our guy, Kerry Davis, yeah. not, not every athlete. And I'm sure Dan, you, you have seen this throughout your, your career as well. Some guys kind of show up and it's like, all right, I'll, you know I, I've got this no problem I can I can go go back just on my playing career and that will last you quite a while but if you're not putting up, putting in the hard right. work and you're not understanding where the leagues are, and Dunk grew leaps and bounds with his football knowledge because we still had the Rams at the time, uh, his hockey knowledge, he applied what he knew in baseball to other sports, and he just
4: worked his ever-loving ever ass off constantly to improve each and every year. I would talk to Tim McCarver about his position in baseball and, and broadcasting, and I thought he put it best. He said, you, you draw on the past, as a player, and he played in four different decades, talking about Tim, but then you also have to change with the times and understand that you are no longer a player. And this is the next uh, next chapter in your life and you're a broadcaster. And I thought Dunk did that wonderfully well. The other thing I'll say about him as a player, he was a very good player. Wasn't a very good outfielder, but he was a very good hitter and a very good player. And Brad, I know you can speak to this. He was behind the eight ball, so to speak, because his dad was Dave Duncan. And, you know, people are going to look at that and say, well, he's here because of his dad, or, you know, he shouldn't be up because he kept, he struggles catching a fly ball in the outfield, but his dad is here. Oh, the Cardinals drafted him because his dad's the pitching coach. No, that was not true. He was a true power hitter. He was a great, great power hitter at times. And he struggled defensively. That's who he was. And he helped the 2006 Cardinals win the World Series. So I really felt it was unfair to him uh, because he was Dave's son, but got through all of that and became a very solid major leaguer, which I'm sure he was very, very proud of. And I, I know, BT, you guys have probably talked about that
5: yeah to your point dan look you don't get i don't care who your daddy is you don't get drafted in the first round just because you're somebody's son like an immense talent he and his brother shelly like immense talents and and they got to the big leagues on their own and look we all know that the idea of nepotism is real okay like there are some things uh, some advantages in every walk of life if you've got a parent or somebody that that has done the business but i really do think dan i I think it worked to his disservice at times because of like that Uh, i'm sure sure that coming up through the minor leagues he had teammates that were thinking the same thing he had coaches that were thinking the same thing oh look at this guy look at look at baby dunk here he's gonna get everything he worked for everything he worked his tail off he worked as hard as anybody else and you're right look i I don't have a world series ring at home if it is not for chris duncan dunk came up and hit uh, over 20 home runs he had 22 bombs in 2006 he was a big part of what happened in a year that had its ups and downs for sure and as we joke about 83 wins doesn't buy you what it used to hope it does <laughs> this year uh but it, it's uh it, it was one of those crazy years where you needed someone to step up and dunk stepped up for the ball club uh, among many others so uh it, it's just uh, it's fun to like to to tell stories about dunk i was actually thinking about dunk during a game the other day. It was the one that the Cardinals lost. You remember. And there was a ball. Yeah, there was a ball that fell in front of an outfielder. Doesn't Hmm. matter which outfielder it was. And because look, you pick one. Uh, But (laughs) there was a ball that fell in front of an outfielder where it was. It was it was one of those plays where it, it was probably a smart play to not go get that ball play it in front of you see what happens maybe you get a ground ball next guy but i couldn't help but think about my man dunk i was thinking my man dunk is full on laying out for that or playing it into a triple like he's gonna catch <laughs> it or, or it's gonna be a three bagger but that's the thing about dunk like a, a, of him transitioning to the outfield you knew this there was never, ever, not one time going to be a mistake because he didn't hustle. There wasn't, like, the mental error of, mm, I'm going to pull up on this one. Look, Dunk could form tackle a fly ball with the best of them. He would joke about it, right? He would just go at it. I still, I remember a ball we're playing against San Diego, and I'm pitching. It was a pop-up down the left field line, and it's off the bat. I'm like, all right, I think, I think that's an out. And Dunk is flying, boy. I mean, he's just <laughs> on fire. And he, like, slides and dives, cloud of smoke, and the ball's, like, 20 feet away from him. I'm like, all right, maybe not. <laughs> but, like, you always knew that he was going to run through a wall for you. And he would do that on the field. He would do it off the field. God forbid somebody talks crap to you or somebody you're with when Dunk around uh, because he'll clear the room just for fun. Like, that was just the dude that he was, and he was old school. Like, we're missing old school in the game of baseball. I know, like, the game has legislated out a lot of the things that made Dunk special, like his ability to murder a shortstop and take (laughs) him into left field if that sad SOB was going to cover the bag. The Dunkin' Boys both had that. Oh, my gosh. like. Pack a lunch when you're playing against those guys. But, yeah, I, I missed that. And, I, and seriously, was thinking about him just the other day with, with a play like that.
4: Anthony, I, I told this story before, but Chris was very open once he got done playing yeah. with me. I mean, we had great conversations, and we'd watch the game and talk about what was happening. I loved it. And I said, man, you, you weren't like this when you played. He said, Dan, he said, I really liked you. He said, I was just worried about catching a ball. <laughs> he said, I was so worried about catching a fly ball. He said, so it was no disrespect to you, and I'm sorry. And he goes, I know at times maybe I wasn't great with the media. And he said, you were fine to me, and I appreciate that, but I was just so worried about catching a fly ball. <laughs> Dan, I think you just encompassed what made
3: him so great on radio he was always himself and it's it's tough it's it's actually something that i have struggled with you know especially early on in my career because you're you're worried about whether or not listeners are going to like you or whether or not what you're saying makes sense to somebody or your opinion you can uh, not only back it up but people agree with you you're you're so consumed by that you don't allow your who you are to shine through uh, and again that's something i think that uh, a lot of broadcasters kind of battle with at times dunk did it almost immediately though and you saw it in the self-deprecation but then you'd you'd also hear him tell stories there'd there'd be a topic that comes up that him and I would discuss on the turn and he would break down how he didn't always treat people well when he was in the minors thinking well he's just going to be a stud forever and he's climbing up the ladder and then he realized once once his career was on. You know, he suffered with a lot of injuries.
4: Right. It wasn't just it wasn't say when you're going up, you're going to see the same people going down. That's, that's what that's what Chris used to say a lot when yep. he was when he was. And I've heard I, I heard him
3: talking to, to younger athletes in the same manner, saying the same thing. That that was one of the lessons that he learned. But he was honest about it. He was sure. honest about wh- how he was when he was younger, and how he was when when he got out of his playing days. You you wouldn't have met a more authentic person than Chris Duncan, and I don't know how many times I reference him or reference something that he had said that he had taught me baseball wise, but he taught me more about life than he taught me about baseball. And That's great. I love I, I I love him, and I know you guys do too, and I know listeners love. Chris Duncan. So it's his birthday today. It's his heavenly birthday today. Uh, he, he unfortunately passed away in 2019 at only 38 years of age, mm. which is just shocking to me. It, you know, being 41 now and being relatively the same age as yeah. uh, as Dunk, for him to pass away at 38, you know, and have it have it being now since 2019, it just uh, it, it hits me. It does. It hits me. Okay.
4: Um, it seems like yesterday.
3: It really, yeah, it really does. It, it and the the how much we talk about him. I love that we do because it. It keeps his memory going. It keeps yeah. his memory alive. And it's not, again, just the baseball player. The 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 radio guy that you loved is the person. So if you want to share a mic drop, some interaction that you had with Donk, maybe listening to him on the radio, watching him on TV, we'd love to have your mic drops. We're going to play them throughout the course of the show.
4: We were in Pittsburgh. I was doing the game, and you called me uh, in between innings oh, boy. and yeah. told me about it. And the family had given their blessing for us to – uh, tell the the Cardinal fans, and uh, I, Jimmy was doing the game with me, and I, he was shook up the rest of that night. We all were, yeah, because we all have a story about Chris Duncan where he he had an impact on you. You know, for me, it was after his playing career and what he was doing in broadcasting. Jimmy was around him a bunch on those teams in the mid-2000s. Obviously, you worked with them. Brad was great friends with them and, and played with them and broadcast with them. So he touched a lot of lives. He, you, yeah. you wouldn't know that with this big, burly guy, but he was a guy that uh, you wanted to be around and was fun to be around. And as Brad said, he was his old school in a new school game that you could possibly find. And I, I appreciated that. And just to piggyback off of what you just said, Dan, he loved
3: Cardinal fans. Oh yeah, he he, appreciated them He appreciated them. And you talk about somebody that was honored to wear the Cardinals uniform. That was Chris Duncan. And just going back to the night that he had passed, it was it was September. It was September six of twenty nineteen. And Chris and I had been doing the radio show together for a a number of years six, seven, eight years. And shelly I was at a wedding. I was at an out of town wedding, and Shelly called and he he didn't you know because i wasn't checking my phone consistently he, he called me a bunch he reached out i think on social media say hey, give me a call back and i knew once i saw that he had called sure. a n- number of times what you know what likely the conversation was going to be and i talked to shelly and we cried together and uh he he i'll never forget what he said he goes he goes i trust you to tell who you think you should tell and i i was i mean i I was riddled with I didn't know what I didn't know what to do I didn't know if I should you know obviously call people from the radio station but I didn't know if I should reach out to you so that they somebody could share it but yeah I I took it to heart and I called UBT and you and I had a conversation and uh you had said you had said hey do you want me to let Dan know and I said I'll I said I'll do it so I called I called you Dan and I, I, I was shocked honestly that you that you picked up and knew you were doing the game. I was just going to leave you a voicemail and you
5: picked up.
4: Yeah,
3: you picked between up between phone innings. in yeah. between
4: innings. And I thought something was going on, and
3: I mean, I'm glad I'm glad you did it though. I'm, I'm glad we came to that decision so that everybody watching the game knew that you yeah. know, Chris had passed because again he meant so much to the fans. Well,
4: at that point in time too, it was kind of it was kind of a gray area Uh, everybody knew he was sick not to the extent that we you know later found out in his final few months and that's uh and i think that he would probably have wanted us to tell the fans you know probably first and foremost maybe even before some family members because the cardinals meant so much to him and you know he would tell me too and i know we we got to go to a break he said i was very appreciative to the fans because uh, he said, basically, I sucked in the outfield, is what he said. He said, I sucked in the outfield, (laughs) and they stuck with me. And he said, I heard the sarcastic cheers when I'd make a catch and all that kind of stuff, but he said they did appreciate the fact that I was given 110%. Yeah. Except he said it a little different way with some cuss words, but uh, so but he that was the thing that he said. I appreciated though the fans got behind me and appreciated the fact that I was trying my best, doing my best. And he said, and I loved hitting bombs in front of them too. So yeah. that was really cool, really cool. Our thank you to Andrew, speaking to one of those Cardinals
3: fans. Andrew and his son Caden dropped us, dropped off before the show, a massive amount, of course. Of raising canes and andrew's done Ooh. this a couple of times now uh he, he had asked bt if you were you were here and jamie's here and unfortunately uh B T you got to do the game and jamie's off today uh so they didn't get a, a chance to experience the raising canes i but had that for both of them dan you you put some I'll away will be there yeah. in
5: 40 minutes 40 <laughs> minutes
3: yeah. so thank you to andrew and thank you to his his son caden for dropping off it was raising really nice canes for us yep. incredibly nice and he was wearing his uh dunk the 16 the dunctionary shirt so uh again we can't thank you enough Leave us a mic drop. We're going to be playing dunk-themed mic drops throughout the course of the show. Another thing that Dunk was always good at—he told you what he thought, and he told you how it was—good, bad, and different. That's right. And right now, it's bad for the Cardinals. Ooh. We're going to dive into it next on 101 ESPN.
2: You should have prepped, you should have prepped me with this question and <laughs> tell me we were going to get on the show. You Shelly, gave me time
3: to think. Shelly, about we don't do that here in the turn, Okay, everything is organic.
2: Hey, play like a
6: Duncan. <laughs>
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers On 101 ESPN
4: The Turn used to be my favorite show On ESPN We uh, are wearing our Dunk t-shirts
1: today when we went out for Cinco de Mayo uh, in honor of Duncan today.
4: My favorite thing on the radio that he ever said that just made us laugh so hard was when he said, I used to stand out in the outfield and say, don't hit the ball to me, don't hit the ball to me, don't hit the ball to me. I
3: love it. Thanks, Janet. Thanks for leaving us a mic drop. And I'm sure those those words went through Chris Duncan's mind, boys. (laughs) I, I, he... He told a great story, but I don't think he was embellishing that at all. I'm sure he did stand oh, out yeah. there, especially at Wrigley, he said, because he used to see oh. he used to see multiple baseballs at Wrigley. And I hear know, from multiple happened. fans too. Yeah, a
4: little bit.
5: A lot of day games at Wrigley, too, uh, which tend to be an issue. Uh, mm-hmm. with the, Because of the night before, you think? No, because of the sun, Dan. You know this. It's a sun field, yeah, whatever you're field right. Dunk was playing <laughs> in. Uh, and it also shined on me on the mound there at times. A bit of an issue there. Real quick about Dunk at, at Wrigley Field. You'd really too, I, be I know sweating a
4: lot. I, I did oh, notice that you gosh. sweat more in those day games than you did at night. <sighs>
5: Hot at Wrigley, hot <laughs> at Wrigley all the time. Didn't matter what uh, time of the year it was. Yeah. So you know, remember? I don't know if they still do this, but they used to have a uh, newspaper there, and it was a satire paper called The Heckler. Oh yeah. And and it would all it's be like funny, funny actually. stories. Oh, it's hilarious but the front page of the heckler when we went to town was dunk under a fly ball, but he had cinder blocks for hands, <laughs> And <laughs> it, was, it was getting distributed everywhere around the ballpark. It was the funniest damn thing ever. And like he could, he could take a joke, you know, he yeah, could, and uh, he could take a joke and well, it pissed him off. I'm sure. Oh, sure. It was one of the funniest things ever. I mean, they, uh, they were all
4: over it. I mean, BT, if you grow up in a clubhouse, which he did, he and Shelly running around with the Oakland A's and Dave, if you don't have thick skin, you ain't going to make it in the big leagues. Period. Mm-hmm. You you know that better than anybody.
5: Yeah, that's a fact. No, he, he had that. He could give it. He could take it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I will never forget that one. We also have one against mm-hmm. the Mets. Uh, where he, uh, uh, unfortunately, a lot of these stories have to do with him missing a fly ball. But he missed a fly ball uh, against the Mets and just so found himself on, I forget which paper it was. I don't remember if it was the post or what it was, but he was on the front page of the sports missing a fly ball. And we're all taking the subway to the field, and I have a newspaper with me. Dan, you know I'm a crossword guy. Yeah, (laughs) had my newspaper, and then looked at the sports page and there's like five or six of us on this subway but it's packed full of people it's new york heading heading to shea and i'm sitting here i look at it and then i just make a big ordeal of opening the paper where it's like Argh! like just <laughs> big like everybody's looking at me and then i look at the front of the paper and i look at dunk i look at the front of the paper and i look at dunk i go is this you oh, and no. everybody's <laughs> like oh <laughs> oh best. brad that's funny. What are friends for? Yeah. What, are friends what, very four?
3: True. what a good guy yeah. you are. He you're yeah. right though. He he absolutely could take it. I always used to like the the dunk cycle. He'd first get really upset and kinda of go into a bit of a rant and then eventually goes, Well, you know what, just catch the ball then. Yeah, <laughs> like he <exactly>. always just <laughs> eventually came back around to all right. Well, yep. Didn't do it. That's on me. That's on me is right. All right, so Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson in the first hour here, and let's dive into the Cardinals. BT, I wanted to start off with Jack Flaherty's game comments, and I don't think that that Flaherty had th- – there was there was nothing that, you know, that stood out in terms of him uh, – any, any, like, things that need to be – read between the lines or in that he's just frustrated and I'm 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 sure he would be I'm sure the entire Cardinals team is frustrated but what did you make of him specifically talking about the pitching staff and him saying you know our staff right now we we I have no idea what we're what we're doing right now
5: so, yeah, I, I forget the exact quote, but it was basically about two strikes. And it's a, it was something to the effect of we're, we're calling pitches that make absolutely no sense. Something like that. I don't have the exact quote in front of me. Um corresponding uh, not exactly the same and, and it's not to heap everything look th- first of all across the board the pitching has to be a hell of a lot better it has just not been good in the pitchers execution overall jack's execution sucked yesterday he talked about it he knows it it was a frustrating day career high ten earned runs he ended up giving up it just wasn't good the the pitching staff This is the entire staff, not just the starters. They got a 4.7 ERA. That's 21st in all of baseball. Third highest average against. Like, it is not good. Uh, But I got a uh, a question today sent to me via uh, direct message, and it simply said, do the Cardinals miss Yadier Molina as much as it looks like they do? The answer is absolutely yes. Like, absolutely yes is the answer. Now, saying that, we already knew that was going to happen. Isn't that something that we said coming into it? You know it's not going to look like it looked before. Wilson Contreras is a bat-first catcher. By the way, the bat has come alive here recently. Like He looks really good swinging. He's hit the ball hard, a couple of doubles yesterday, both ways. But he was never going to look like Yachty behind the plate. Uh, and not to heap this on him, but it is part of it, right? Like a, a part of the two strike issues that the club is having, I would think is some, some pitches. And it happened in Jack's game. Not all of the two strikes. We showed the graphic on, on the, the uh, broadcast, the two strike hits. They were mainly right in that box of the strike zone, like some pretty, pretty good pitches. But I think that there are a lot of strikes that are not getting stolen. That used to get stolen by Yachty that, 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 either get you back in counts or shorten up innings or, or um, just just pitches that were stolen before aren't stolen now. And when it comes to his comment about the, the pitches for no reason um, there's a couple of things that go into that. One is, To expect Wilson Contreras to know every pitcher in and out in every situation at this point, we're a month plus into the season, would be crazy, right? He's not Yachty. He hasn't had two decades uh, with the Cardinals. He hasn't had multiple years with these guys. He's still learning them, still learning their patterns. I have noticed him recently doing more coaching up of guys from behind the plate. You'll see him go over there and, and like, show some guys, hey, you're pulling off. Or he'll go to the mound and start talking to somebody, like stuff that he wasn't doing the first couple of weeks. But I think he's still trying to figure out exactly what the right calls are in the right situation. I think that a lot of this stuff, certainly the staff – is is new to him. And here's the other problem, okay, because I know that there's probably going to be a text in or somebody's thinking to yourself, well, as a pitcher, you have the final say of what you're throwing. So if you're throwing something that you're not convicted in, that's on you 100%, 100% agree. Here's the problem. It's the pitch clock. So you have a guy that is throwing down something. You don't have full conviction in it. Maybe you say no. You go to another one. Boom, that's not it. Now you're at five. Four, three, hell, I got to throw it. Like, I think that we're running into some of these things where it's not. I I don't think that everything has fully clicked yet. But, guys, I I think that we knew this was coming. And, And this isn't, again, this isn't heaping it all on Contreras. This is the staff has not been good. Uh, Contreras is still working through things, and his bat is coming alive. And I, I like the intensity that he plays with. Defense hasn't been good; like all these things haven't been there. But I feel like that's something uh, I, I've at least noticed as I'm watching. When you guys are watching it, like what what are you seeing with it?
4: Uh, everything, uh, you know, just a lack of cohesion. I, I was doing the numbers with with the two strikes. And it's glaring. Um, you know, f- nearly 50% of the runs allowed have come with two strikes. That That is glaring to me that you've got nearly half of your runs allowed coming with two strikes. They've allowed uh, 18 or 19 home runs with two 19. strikes. 19 now, after the home run hit yesterday. Um, you know, that, that just can't be sustained. And... I I want to throw this back on UBT as a pitcher. You know, one of the things I thought that Yachty was tremendous with, and it's, I mean, he was unbelievable at this, is pitching backwards and how he called a game. And he did not become a guy that had a pattern back there with one strike, two strikes, and then, you know, first pitch of an at-bat, those kind of things. I mean, the best example is Wainwright against Beltran in 06 and starts him out with a changeup. No one in the world thought that was going to happen. So <laughs> Even Waino. Yeah. And so things like that, I always have felt that Yachty brought to the table. And it's no disrespect to Contreras or anybody who's behind the plate. They're not going to be Yachty or Molina. I also don't think, to your point, this goes all on Contreras. I, to me, it's a collective no. thing to where you should understand tendencies too of the opposition you've got them there and they're just not seeing that right now with two strikes well let's continue this conversation we need, we need a break but I, I
3: think this is fascinating because it's not it it really dives in bt you you, you you paint a really interesting picture here of what's going on maybe between pitcher and catcher wh- why the execution might not be there and then of course the new rules you throw that on top of it and maybe you you're seeing why the the Cardinals pitching staff is having such a huge issue. We'll we'll dive into that more next on One on ESPN.
0: The smartest way.
1: to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on
2: 101
1: ESPN. The coolest
6: thing that I can say about Duncan is I can never look back and say I ever seen the guy dog a play. He was always giving one hundred and ten percent, which was so cool for you know for, for the fact of what he was and the
2: player that he was. Let's go cards, guys. Have a good day.
3: You too, Dell. That was Dell leaving us a mic drop. If you want to leave us a mic drop, we're taking mic drops throughout the course of the day today for our guy Chris Duncan, our dear friend Chris Duncan, who would uh, he would have been
4: I think forty two. 42 42 today. Big news for you, Anthony. Colts have released Nick Foles. Oh, did they? Yeah. Just want to throw that out there because you know I'm a big
3: football guy. Well, you know what's ironic about that, Dan? And you may not not know this, but Chris Duncan was a huge fan of of, of, uh, Nick Nick Foles Foles because Nick Foles went to University of Arizona. Arizona. Oh, that's right. So he was, he was, uh, Dunk was fired up when the Rams acquired Nick Foles. Didn't work out, but no. uh, Dunk was happy. He's so. been around forever. Yeah, he's been around a while. Man. Absolutely. Uh, with Brad Thompson and Dan McLaughlin, i Anthony Stalter, It's the Fast on 101 ESPN. BT, we, you had, you were getting into the, the pitching and the problems with the pitching, and you you had said this a couple of times, and it bears repeating. It's not just one thing. It's not just Wilson Contreras. It's not just the pitching staff. It's not just the, the maybe the new rules. It's everything. It's everything right now and when it comes to I guess the only here's the question how do you, how do you fix it and how do you fix it quick enough that your season doesn't completely erode like you're on path to doing right now
5: yeah, it's, it's certainly not something that happens overnight. And the first thing does still come down to pitchers need to execute. Like I don't care who's calling the pitches or who is catching the pitches, like all of that stuff, as we all knew with Wilson Contreras coming in, any new catcher coming in that wasn't Yachty, it's going to be a process. It's going to take longer and longer uh, throughout the season for it to to seem like a, a normal, normal thing. Um, there's a couple of things. One, I look actually towards the other direction a little bit, not giving you a Mickey Mouse look over here, <laughs> but look over here. The offense needs to score more runs. Like you, you are going to have to start it out hitting some teams. You need five, six runs a clip. Like that's what you need, and I don't think that's too much to be asking for this offense. Um, I, I think that would alleviate some of the pressure that is put on, on the staff. But for for the pitching staff right now. Look, I would love to see some outs a little bit earlier in the count for as much as we talk about the issues with two strikes. I'd like to see an out with no strikes. Like I would like to see you utilize that defense that has been good for the last couple of years. Now, that has shown some cracks here recently, like everything else is this team has been playing tighter and tighter. But there is not a like definitive answer of fixing this club you knew that this was a pitching staff that had some questions coming into the season that's all we talked about all off season. like hey are they going to go after one of these frontline starters the answer was no they didn't uh, go after one or at least they didn't end up landing one of those frontline starters and right now you've got a group that was you thought would be kind of middle of the pack anyhow that is underperforming even those expectations it's up to them to take that next step
4: BT, I think they put a lot of eggs in the, the Tyler O'Neill basket, and you can understand why. Big year for him. Said, hey, go get center field. That didn't work out. Gets pulled in the game against Atlanta at Bush Stadium. Since then, one home run, he's driven in four in 22 games. I, I think when you look at the offense, Arenado has struggled clearly, but they put a lot on Tyler O'Neill to be better. And you look at his non-success, and I think that's where a lot of this starts.
5: With, with uh, look, with the outfield in general, I, I think that there has been – they made a bet, man. They made a bet on a young outfield, and Tyler I'd still put in that mix, even though he had the good year a couple of, of years ago, the uh, MVP voting year. It was an awesome year. showed off power, showed off average, on-base skills, gold glove, all of it. But they put a big bet out there that this group was going to take a large step forward right now. This bet has not paid off, no. and it's a big part of it. You you mentioned the the Nolan Aronado. That's one of the biggest keys to everything. I think that that's simple enough. We talked about that Friday. Everybody knows it. Nolan knows it. The world knows it. If Nolan Aronado's hitting, Goldie's hitting, Contreras is hitting, you're winning. You're winning a lot more games. It has to happen. If 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 Nolan doesn't hit, you're not going to be a winning ball club. That's all there is to it. But you're right, Dan. Look, you look at uh, they they cleared the way, right? They cleared the way for this outfield. They sent Jordan Walker back to AAA. They wanted him to work on some things. He's working on those things. By the way, for everybody that's saying, call Jordan back up. He's three for 23. He's hitting a, a buck 30 in Memphis. And that's not to disparage the young man. I think that he is going to be awesome. It just tells you he's got some things that he's working on, needs to work on. And if he was going to keep doing that at the big league level, I think you would have just kept seeing the same player that you saw for this clip, which, look, if we're grading on the scale of Cardinals outfielders, he was fine. They don't want him to be fine. They want him to be great. And he's got a chance to be great. But since he got sent down, it was April 26. O'Neal is this is clearing the way right you guys here you go here's the opportunity run with it O'Neal's two for 20 with no extra base hits. Carlson's hitting 238 since then, a double and a home run. We saw that damage here recently. He's looked better and he's actually solidified things in center field. He's played a really good center field. Uh, Alec Burleson's two for 15. He hasn't been getting as much runway, but if he was hitting, he would have. Uh, Newt's hitting 276. Newt is probably the guy that you look at and say overall, I mean, he's your on-base leader for the club. He's, he's On-base percentage is 416. But there's like nobody when you look across baseball, okay, if you're not just grading on who's the best on the Cardinals in the outfield, there's nobody on this team that you say, yes, absolutely have to have that guy in there day in and day out. The entire outfield has been an issue.
4: A couple of things I want to throw at you. Uh, If you're going to sit Burleson, I, I think you bring Juan Yepes up. I think he just changed something for this weekend. The other part of that, and maybe he will come up, Yepes this weekend. Um, The other part of that, too, is Matthew Libertor is knocking on the door. Steven Matz has a scheduled start this weekend. BT, if he doesn't uh, perform well, uh, even though the contract is big, you you may have to throw him in the bullpen. That's a couple things I'm thinking about, just before you go to the trade market, but trying to to shake things up here internally. Anthony, what do you have? We're going to get to the... Those cha- possible changes. Oh, and what BT thinks
3: about that next. I want
4: to win ESPN. Sorry.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
6: Guys, one of my best memories of Chris Duncan was when he hit his first home run on the uh, last day of the regular season. Last game at Old Bush in the regular season. Uh, that was one of the coolest regular season home runs. Uh, that's right up there with Rick Ankle's home run and uh, Matt Holliday's last home run as a Cardinal. I, I would put Chris Duncan's right up there. Seeing Dave Duncan smile like that it was pretty special.
3: If anybody has seen that moment, I'm sure I'm sure many have because ballets will show it. They'll show the moment when Chris hits the home run, he comes off the field and you see Dave, Dave Duncan's smile as Dunk enters the, the dugout. that is that is a great moment. So thanks for throwing that out there, Rex. We appreciate it. And if you have a, a favorite memory of Dunk, whether it's throughout his career, Meeting him, listening to him on the radio, watching him on TV. We love to have your mic drops throughout the course of the show. Dan McLaughlin in for Jamie Rivers. Brad Thompson in for uh, himself right now, at least for the next segment or so. Uh, it's the lane on 101 ESPN. He hit the first, dunk hit the first home run at New Bush, too. He hit, I, I believe he hit the, the last home run at the Old Bush and the first home run at, the, at New Bush, if I remember that correctly.
5: I know he for sure had the last uh, regular season home run at Old Bush. I didn't know that he had the first one at New Bush. So I think that's he did.
4: A, I thought it was Mike Shannon like had the uh, last home run at Sportsman's, first at Bush, Dunk had, at Bush 2, Duncan had the first at, um, or I'm, I'm sorry, the last at Bush 2, and I thought Albert was the first Cardinal to have the home run at Bush 3.
5: Yeah, I forget who it was with the uh, Brewers. The Brewers had the had first, the first ever home run. Gosh darn, I forget who it
4: was. Actually, if you want to get technical, the Cardinals had a uh, had the Memphis team up, and there was a home run hit by uh, – Boyd was his last name. And he hit the actual – Sean? Fir- I think it was Sean Boyd had the first home run ever at Busch Stadium 3. Bill Hall was
6: the first Brewer. He was the Bill first Hall player Hall. to hit a home run um, in a Major League Baseball game. At Bush Three, by the way,
4: Dunk it, would say a lot of times, write it down, Dan. Write that down. Write that Dan. down, mm-hmm. Dan. Yeah,
3: Albert did. He was the first Cardinal. Was okay. So, you said that the Memphis team, the
4: Cardinals put the Memphis team? Yeah, we had an exhibition maybe. there, and it was for the opening of Bush Three. It was kind of like a you know a soft opening, if yeah. you will. Um, and I think it was an in, maybe an inter squad game, of not the um, major league team. I don't think so, but Sean Boyd. So you'd have to look in 06. Does that sound right, BT, as Sean Boyd was an outfielder? Yeah, Sean ble-
5: Boyd was still around for sure, absolutely. Yeah, First-round he- pick in 2001, maybe?
4: Yeah, I think that that's right, and he was with that team and hit the first-ever— because we were doing the game, and he hit the first-ever home run at the ballpark.
3: Man, I could have sworn dunk saying that he had the first— that, eh, We'll look it up. Dan, you've had the details there, so okay, I, I, believe, sorry. I believe you. All right, it's the uh, fast line on one Useless info. <laughs> no, it's not useless, <laughs> uh, Brad. Before we let you go, we, we do have Matt Holiday coming up at three o'clock. Uh, nice, BT. When do you, do you think that? Do you anticipate that the Cardinals make any sort of moves outside of, of course, activating Adam Wainwright tomorrow?
5: Yeah, well, Dan had mentioned the uh, the Juan Yepes. I know that that is uh, rumored to be happening. I think Katie Wu had that a little bit earlier today, too, that rumoring that possibly uh, he might be there. I could see that. Like, that. that's the thing. Um, the I, You're going to be able to tinker with, like, the outside of the roster. That's not going to fix your problem. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I love Juan Yepes. Love to have him back in the fold. I'm not going to play GM and tell you what I think the corresponding move is. Does, doesn't matter what it is. Well, it does for that guy. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 I've been that guy before. Um, the the other one that Dan brought up before you so rudely interrupted us with yeah. commercials that pay our bills uh, <laughs> is my bad. <laughs> was uh, was the question of of Stephen Um I I'm not sure I would give him Sunday. Honestly, the way that Libertor have been throwing the ball, uh, I think that you you have to do something here soon. But to to answer the question the way that it was posed, if it does not look good Sunday, I think you have to do something. You have to put pride aside. You have to put contracts aside. You have to put the team uh, up there and say, look – and again Matthew is not coming to save the season either by the way like it's not like he comes right. in you insert him instead of mats bingo bango bongo pops your uncle anthony like right. that doesn't fix everything either but it's a move that would make sense on paper like this potentially gives me a better opportunity than that i feel like it's something that they might have to do now if you know mats is still slated to pitch sunday i hope he shoves against the tigers i hope he looks great i hope that steven mats believes in his stuff as good as it is like I I, I like would love and I, I think that all he had to comment the other day is it's uh' Basically, he got punched in the mouth, and then he responded. Get punched before the game starts. Like, go out there and just shove. Because this stuff is good. Like when you go look at it, go look at after the first inning, which is easy to do. I like to grade on on uh, you know throw one out. Like grade on a scale. Uh, once once after that first inning, just like Jack, if you throw out the second and the third <laughs> yesterday, his first was fine. Well, the, uh, it, but
4: go ahead, BT. Go ahead, Dan. Well, I was going to no, say. Just, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, no. I, I, the, go, all right. Go ahead, bt Dan, Dan, you go.
3: All right. I'm just going to make the decision. Dan, Thank you. you go.
4: Well, looking at the series that you just had, too, what also makes sense is that potentially you put Matt's in the bullpen to cover innings because the relievers right. threw more innings than the starters in the just completed series. So that's another thing to think about. How many For innings sure. the, the relief corps is getting on a nightly basis? It's a ton. Yeah,
5: no. It's a great point. And the Cardinals, uh, they don't have an off day coming up until I believe it is Thursday that they'll travel to Boston, right? So uh, you can't handle another shorty from your rotation. So they've um, they, they, they have got some decisions to make. But the the interesting thing is, and look, if Libby gets the chance, great, he's earned it. They, they asked him to go down there and Proved that he could throw with with the same velocity throughout the game. He's done that. He's finishing off hitters. He's done that. If Juan Yepes gets activated today or over the weekend, good for him. I think that Juan Yepes is a good big league hitter. Those guys are fixing the outside of the roster. The inside of it needs to get fixed. Like, it's the core that's going to carry you through this. It's the big three you're looking at in the order. Goldie's been getting it done. Still, we know that there's a lot more power there for Goldie. Still trying to tap into that. Nolan Arenado has been key for struggling. Look better the last couple of days. We're seeing it, right? Uh, and Contreras is finally heating up. Those are your answers. Like, that's how you start winning some ball games.
3: Brad, you have a great time tonight. You're going to be on pre and post for Ballet Sportsman West. Tom Ackerman and Jimmy Ballgame are going to be doing the game tonight.
5: Yes, absolutely. So it should be a fun one. I know that uh, Ackie's excited. It's going to be fun to hear that uh, this evening. Yeah, pre and post game coverage. Tune good, in.
3: Good stuff. We will. All right, BT, good seeing you, man. Have a good weekend. And I, I keep telling you this. Why don't you go ahead and bring bring home a winner one of these days?
5: You know <laughs> what? I... Uh, I appreciate that. I will do my best in my uh, role this evening. Uh, It was fun joining you. Love you, Anthony. Love you, Dan. Marsha, you're my man, and happy birthday to Doug.
3: Well said. We love you, too, BT. All right, that's Brad Thompson in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Matt Holiday will join us next in the Fast Lane. We're
1: right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. batting for the fast lane cardinals hall of famer and fifth member mad holiday we're hanging with holiday on 101 espn powered by air alliance team heating and cooling getting the job done quickly correctly 100 of the time
2: Instead of shooting each other with the guns next year, you have to post a picture in speedo. Go! <laughs> That's
3: our guy, Matt Holiday, who now joins us with Dan McLaughlin. I am Anthony Spalter. <laughs> That's funny. Dan in for Jamie Rivers. Up, uh, Matt. First and foremost, this is this is two straight weeks now where you join us and Jamie's out. Jamie's on the the BT plan, I think.
2: Well, I mean. What's the deal? Like I know he's, he's on. He, he came off vacation and now he's back on vacation, or what?
3: That's right. You know, yeah. it, it's tough to to come back after you have a vacation, Matt. Sometimes you just need more time off.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, if it's warm up there, he's probably in his bikini somewhere. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's right. You need to clip that one off for Jamie next uh, week. Make sure you play that for uh, yeah. for Jamie from Matt Holiday. Nice message. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Matt we appreciate you joining
3: us Uh, let's dive into it so we we know that nobody nobody cares and works harder than your guy Nolan Arenado, and we also know that slumps happen in Major League Baseball as as a hitting coach what are you seeing right now out of Nolan and if he if he were to call you what sort of advice would you give to him right now as he continues to uh, try to get out of this funk
2: yeah, uh, you know, I think he's his swing right now is um I've actually been looking at it quite a bit. Uh he's coming forward a little bit. His swing is, is, is very very direct in general. Like that's that's one of his strengths, but sometimes it gets almost too direct where he's he's hitting the top of the ball and hitting like the flat outside part of the ball instead of kind of inside and under the ball, which will keep the ball the bat kind of moving if you think kind of more like linear up and through the ball instead of kind of rotational where you kind of clip the side of it. Um, and so I, I think, you know, I, I think he'll, he'll be fine. I, I think he's, he's starting the last couple of days looks better um, and texting with him a little bit. I think he's feeling more comfortable and feels like his mechanics are getting straightened out a little bit, but I think he's just been a little out of whack uh, mechanically and uh, you know, that happens. And, and so I, I think, he, uh, he's working on it obviously no one uh, thinks about their swing uh, he does um, so I'm, I'm sure he's he's grinding away at it trying to figure out you know I, I know he especially when the team's not winning it's very difficult for for one of the you know or the best player you know one of the best players on the team when he's struggling the team's not winning um, you know it gets to him and i think he's you know he you know i, I just been texting and, and talking to him a little bit about just kind of hey there's nothing you can do about the last month you know everybody has a bad month and and uh, starting over today you know doing some drills that that get his swing a little bit more inside and, and under the ball instead of out and around and on top of the ball and and uh all it takes for him a guy like him is is one good swing to where he feels feels it and then you know he can go on a hot streak like like just about you know the best that ever ever have done it so he's uh I think he's one feel, one good swing away from really getting it going.
4: From a team perspective, Matt, if, if you're Ollie or that coaching staff, what do you do? I mean, at some point do you say, hey, show up to the ballpark at 6 o'clock, no BP, we're going to throw names into a hat, that's a lineup, just to change anything up. What, what have you seen over your time when you've had a team that struggled that, you know what, you just try anything to get back on track?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think at some point you try to make some fun out of it, like you talking about, like, hey, you know, you're gonna, we're gonna draw names out of the hat for the batting order, or we're gonna, like you said, hey, you know, no batting practice today, late, late show and go. Um, you, you'll try anything, you know, just something to kind of change the rhythm of of what's going on. But I think everybody needs to, to sort of look in the mirror and say, hey, look, there's nothing we can do about what our record is. Like, there's no, we can't change the last thirty games or thirty days. There's nothing we can do about the month of April, but what we can do is starting today. You know, you can bring an attitude to the field that's positive, that's upbeat, that's encouraging. That you can go out of your way to encourage your teammates, encourage your you know, if you're a staff, you can encourage the team, you can encourage a staff member. Um, You can be part of the solution, and and everybody can point out um, what's going on, what's going wrong, what what needs to get better. But I'm a solution guy. How 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 can I be part of the solution? And so uh, I think everybody needs to take a look in the mirror and say, hey, how, how can I be part of the solution? And that doesn't always – you know. But if on a day-in and day-out basis everybody's looking in the mirror and saying, you know, how can I be a, a team player? How can I encourage my teammates? How can I encourage the, the, the staff? Um, you know, and, and changing the feeling when you get to the park sometimes can be very difficult. Just like when you're winning games and you know that you're going to find a way to win – and you go through streaks where you're like, man, we're down, but we're just finding ways to win. You go through these streaks now where it's like, you know, we may be ahead, we may have a lead, but gosh, we'll probably find a way to lose this game. And so I, I think that you have to you have to break that mindset, um, and whatever that takes. You know, every group's different, but I think for me, I, I think you wake up today and you say, there's nothing we can do about what our record is, but we can change is our attitude and and our our joy to be at the park and and the way we affect the people around us
3: more with matt holiday in a second john Denton tweeting out not too long ago the cardinals have made some moves jake woodford was placed on the 15-day injured list with right shoulder inflammation tyler o'neill was placed on a on the 10-day injured list left left lower back strain they made two Hmm. moves juan yepes has been recalled from memphis and james nail was selected from memphis
4: Okay, so that's the update uh, with the Cardinals. I'm curious, Matt, I wanted to ask you about this. Without David Fries, you don't have a World Series ring. Maybe you could say the same thing about Jose Oquendo. They're going to join you in the Cardinals Hall of Fame, and I would assume that uh, especially David Fries puts a big smile on your face.
2: Yeah, I mean, both of them, really. I mean, when you talk about Chael, um, just getting a chance to be around him for eight years and watching the impact that he's had on the organization from... From a lot of different, obviously he was a he was a great player, but um, all the infielders, <clears throat> all the teams, all the the impact that he's had with uh, just all kinds of, of roles and different things that he's done in the organization. Obviously, a tremendous uh, honor, and I honestly thought he was already in where um, it should have been. Um, and then David Freeze, obviously, is a uh, is a is a folk hero, and, and, uh, and the and the thing that you know the things that he did in the 2011 playoffs and, and World Series, incredible. Uh, so excited for him, a St. Louis kid. I'm sure uh, there's there's was probably some some amazing, uh, you know, just golly, just the feeling of, of going in the Cardinals Hall of Fame of a kid that grew up not far from Busch Stadium. And, and uh, pretty awesome, pretty awesome, Dan, as you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure. I, I'm going to reach out, give him a couple days. I'm going to reach out and congratulate him hopefully to get a chance to talk to him and catch up. We haven't spoke. We've texted, but we haven't spoken in a while, and, and I'd love to, to catch up with them. But uh, I'm super happy for both those guys that i spent a ton of time with over my eight years there.
4: Yeah, I'm fired up for David. I, I just think it's fantastic. And, you know, some people say, well, you know, did they do enough in the in their time? Not necessarily Cheo, but David Freeze. And it's a, a Hall of Fame for the fans. It's their, their fan favorite or a guy that has – uh, in October that you may never see again, and a game that you're never going to see again. So, I, I think it's great. I, I love it.
2: Yeah, I mean, everything can look different, you know what I mean? Like, not every career is the same, or looks the same, or how you want to, I mean, it's hard to argue with those hits. I mean, he, <laughs> uh, as as hard as championships are uh, to get, particularly these days, and, and happen to win, uh, you know, wild card rounds, and then, you know, the you know the divisional round, and the championship round, and then win a World Series, it's it's tough. It's tough to win those championships. So uh when a guy single handedly I mean pretty much carries you to one, I, I think it's it's uh it's worth honoring.
4: No doubt. No doubt about it. Hey Matt, today is it would have been uh,
3: Chris Duncan's forty-second birthday, and I I know that you didn't play with him as a teammate, but I know you knew him. In fact, the first time that I ever met you in St. Louis was uh, working working on the radio show with Dunk, and we we went down and you know watched you guys take batting practice, and we talked to you to you a little bit in the clubhouse. Um, but when it comes to Dunk and just uh, what, you know the the Duncan family, uh, what uh, what are some of your fondest memories of of either interacting with Chris or or Shelley or uh, Dave Duncan, an absolute pitching legend?
2: Yeah, I mean it's just so heartbreaking to even think about. You know, I every every year you know when you guys celebrate him and celebrate his birthday, it's just heartbreaking, man. It really is, and, and the, you know. I feel for Dave and, and losing his wife and his son and, and uh, you know, just talking about the, the heartache and, and the, the heartbreak of, of, of what Dave must, you know, you know, yearly, um, when these, when these, you know, birthdays and things happen, I'm sure he, he tries to celebrate it, but I, I just, man, I can't imagine the grief that, that he's had to deal with over, you know, uh, these two things, but, um, obviously tremendous family. I have the utmost respect for Dave. Uh, Duncan and all that he did for the game and for the Cardinals. Um, I, I remember most of my my stories and memories since I didn't get to play with Dunk come from Skip um, and Skip and Dunk were, were tight and Skip used to talk about how funny and, you know, just some of the things that <laughs> the self-deprecating humor um, both while he was playing and then even on the radio. Um, everyone lo- loves people that can laugh at themselves. And I, I think he was, he was uh A great player but you know he'd love to 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 tell you how bad he was at at things (laughs) and and, uh you know i I just like i said i I didn't get to spend enough time with dunk based on you know we had very similar you know our friends mutual friends some of my closest mutual friends were some of his closest mutual friends um and so i heard a lot of of my chris duncan stories um through skip and and bueno and um you know the guys that, that played with him but uh, he was always great to me. I always enjoyed talking to him, seeing him had great energy. one of those guys that when you're around them, you just you just feel good. They just make you feel good. They're funny. Uh, they have this just way about them that that makes you want to spend more time with them. And so um, I feel for you, I know Anthony, you and him are close, and obviously Dan, you knew him very well. and so um, when when you when you try to celebrate these things, um, there, there's also that part of you that that uh, you know it's still hard to believe, and it, it still makes you sad inside that, that there, there isn't more moments for a, a guy that that passed away so young.
3: That's very well said, Matt. Absolutely. Yeah, when I saw that uh, he, his, his he died at 38, it just it broke my heart. You know, when I yeah. when because I, I I yeah. I, I kind of forget that that's that that's how old he was at the time, and he had he had battled cancer for a long time, but but the final yeah. year. I know was uh, was absolutely difficult, but Matt, I wanted to tell you this, Chris. Having worked with Chris as long as I did, he really, truly respected not only your game uh, but your professionalism, the way you carried yourself. He was uh, he was he was a huge fan of yours, so I wanted to let you know that too.
2: Well, appreciate that. Like I said, I, I have the utmost respect for the Duncan family, and um, I don't I don't know Shelley real well, but I hear he's unbelievable and, and really funny and. Um, you know they've been a they've been a it's a it's a baseball family probably that doesn't get talked about or respected enough uh when you have two boys playing the major leagues and and have a, a dad who's a hall of fame pitching coach um that's that, that changed the game in a lot of ways i think people talk about shifting and and uh you know dave duncan was charting and, and moving infielders and and a lot of the analytics that they they uh they seem to think are new. Uh, Dave Duncan was doing that uh, 15, 20, 30 years ago. It just looked a little different. He had a, he had it in notepads, you know. To now where, where uh, you know it's it's being shot out of a computer, so. Um, they're a they're an unbelievable family and and uh, like I said I have the utmost respect for them.
3: Yeah, well said, well said, Matt. We love having you on the show. We'll talk to you again next week. Maybe Dan will be back again next week. Yeah, he never know. another day off. <laughs>
2: hey, more than likely, you know I just miss Brad. I, I listened to the segment before, and uh, you know, so tell Brad, you know, if he gets he comes back on too, that I miss him. So um, it's, uh, it's 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 uh, it's fun to talk to you guys though.
3: No, yeah, we love it, man. We really do. And hopefully, at some point, these Cardinals will turn it around. We'll have, we'll have more, more, you know, positive more positive things to talk about. To yeah. talk about yeah,
2: absolutely. Got to have the faith, man. Got to have the faith. Um, I'm, I'm hoping tonight, tonight we turn it around.
3: There you go. Done deal. Thanks, All right. Matt. All right, thanks Matt. Thanks for coming
4: on. We always appreciate okay. it. All right. See you guys. All See right, you, buddy. Take
3: care. That's, that's the great Matt Holiday, Cardinals Hall of
4: Famer. Love that guy. World Series champ, slugger all-around good dude he is and deserved to be in the cardinals hall of fame and i know some fans don't want to i don't think don't want to see david freeze is not the right way to put it maybe don't think he's deserving of the the cardinals hall of fame but they don't win a championship without him he's a hometown guy he did mm-hmm. make an all-star team here i don't i it's, it's a hall of fame for the fans I, yeah, absolutely I'm, I'm good with it i got no issue with it no absolutely not and and you know i i almost
3: asked matt i, I really debated this but he, is, he has said as much on, on other—I know, Dan, that you would talk to him right after the decision. The Cardinals are struggling, so there, of course there's these narratives that get built up. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the narratives—and it's not a loud narrative, but it's a narrative nonetheless. One of these narratives is, well, Matt saw this coming, and Matt didn't want to be a part of the coaching staff. But, you know, he saw this with Ollie. Nothing could be further from the truth no matt uh, yeah i mean matt made an independent decision after to go watch his kids exactly it's really that simple he is a you know a through and through family man and he had talked about it with dan he talked about it in another podcast at some point talking about how they went on vacation and he really reflected and he really prayed on it and he came to the decision that he wasn't ready to ha- have this full commitment again to a, a baseball season, and much more so now that, you you know, to become a coach. So he decided before it was too, you know, before they really got going uh, to, to step away. But that had nothing to do with – Matt has the utmost respect for Ollie. Uh, oh, so,
4: yeah, they're, they're very tight. Very tight. And again, I, I was going to ask him – Families hung out together down in Jupiter. Yeah, they're very close.
3: I was going to ask him to, to, to say that again since we have the platform, but he, he's, already, he's already said as much, so – um, but we appreciate it. We appreciate it, Matt.
4: Well, the other thing too is that once his kids graduate, and there's another one coming to play baseball at a high level, probably a major leaguer. Um, once they get through, I do believe Matt will be back in uniform, whether it's with the Cardinals or you know down in Florida with Skip Schumacher. I mean, Matt's got great relationships all over Major League Baseball and the college game because he's so well respected as a player and more importantly as a person i mean he's got great yeah. earner, in, interpersonal skills um I, I think he'll manage someday I, I really do baseball's in his blood it's in their family's blood and uh, i do believe he'll manage definitely coach if he wants to do that any team would hire him right now but i think he eventually graduates to to managing i think we're going to see that i agree that's dan mclaughlin
3: i'm anthony stalter dan in for jamie river say we got what's trending next in the fast line <laughs>
1: Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half-price
0: Cardinals ticket voucher.
6: To the fast lane here on 101 ESPN. Uh, it's, we got Anthony Stalter, Dan McLaughlin, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, Juan Yepes has been recalled from Memphis. James Nail has been selected from Memphis. Jake Woodford uh, and Tyler O'Neill have been placed on the IL.
3: So not the moves that we thought. I, I J, Dan yesterday I said I thought that Jake Woodford after his outing yesterday and it, look his stuff unfortunately it it hasn't been playing at this at the big league level. No, and I don't think you get shift him into the bullpen and everything is fine. I would have brought up back. Would have given
4: you w- innings though. That's the one thing I, that that's the pos- that's the check in
3: positive boxes for him. So you and I are along the same thinking, although I. I thought maybe you move Steven Matts into the bullpen wait till after Sunday. Okay. <laughs> I mean that's
4: I think I, that's fair, you know. At what point do you bring on Matthew Libertor? Uh-huh. Sure. He's got a 2.14 ERA. He was the pitcher of the month for the Cardinals exactly. in the minor leagues. Uh I would say that Sunday is very important for Steven Matts. It, it's if he comes out and doesn't pitch well, I don't think he can roll him back out there every 5th day. And I don't I I think you're at that point
3: now, but it is what it is. So, Tyler, Sunday, Sunday winds up being the, the day.
6: Tyler O'Neill is sore back. 10-day mm-hmm. in uh, ten day on the IL. Uh, and then I mentioned Jake mm. Woodford as well, 15-day IL. And then Wilkin Rodriguez, I didn't mention him uh, right off the bat, um, but he was transferred to the 60-day injured list as well, right shoulder. I don't believe we've seen him so far with the big club this season.
3: You know what I'd love to see? I would love, besides wins, I would love to see Dylan Carlson really take a hold of – center field and and just and 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 not give it back I, we're starting to see it a little bit he's starting to come around a little bit but i don't want to see him be a fourth outfielder this is at once t- at one point this is one of your top prospects he's still only 24 years old but this seems like a pivotal moment right now for dylan carlson and dan i would love to see him seize the opportunity with tyler o'neill out I, I don't know how long o'neill's eventually gonna be out for but i i oneill has got the injury history he had that one great year and everybody's just trying to continue to see if oh well maybe they could catch that again that same year I, I, I'll be honest I'd much rather see Dylan Carlson
4: seize, seize hold of that and just go for it now he had that slow start the first 15 games he hit 205 and his last six to seven games he's hitting above 300 he's been really good with runners in scoring position here recently that will keep you in the lineup and let's be honest no one has taken it and run in, in terms of the outfielders, so maybe it's a, a byproduct of playing every day for him and confidence, getting to a rhythm, and maybe he takes off like you're talking about. We'll see. Be nice. By
6: the way, Lynn Worthy with the uh, with the news there on uh, Juan Yepes being called up, St. Louis Cardinals beat writer for STL today.
4: I know a lot of people have asked about Luke and Baker, who's off to a great start in the minor leagues. He's a big, burly first baseman, and that's what he is. He's not a third baseman, can't play the outfield, or at least not to my knowledge. He's a first baseman or bust. Now, would you bring him up maybe for a jolt as a DH or to give Goldie a, a break? You know, but Goldie's obviously been one of the, the bright spots that you've had offensively. I guess you could to shake things up, but when you look at the big picture, he's blocked right now. Yeah, he is. He's just blocked, and it's just one of those unfortunate things where guys for 20 Well, let's see, 10 years at least. Let's see, and then go with the Maguire years. You're talking about almost 15 years you're blocked at first base with Albert. Yeah, not haven't had a lot of flexibility at first base. That was one position that you didn't worry about all that much for a decade. Right. You knew number five was going to be there, and you were blocked. That's just the way it was. And a catcher. Yeah, a catcher even more so, I
3: would say. Because at first base, you had... You, so you kind of had a revolving door. You, Berkman did a nice job for, what, was he here two years, or is that just one?
4: He was here two years. His first year, he, he was healthy. And yeah, that was 11, and then in 12, he was not. He okay. was It was really in and out of the lineup, and then by the end of that 12 season, he was pretty much shut down. Then you had Matt Adams for a little bit. Had Big City was there for a little bit. Remember, even Big City went to the outfield at one point oh, and boy. played a handful of games. That was a that little was, Duncan-esque. That was. I was. Speaking of. Doug's birthday. Yeah. Our, fits yep, our guy right Chris into our, theory, uh, our theories here today yeah, there you go. what we're talking about. But, yeah, I mean, they kind of had that revolving door, and it just, you know, but when you get guys like, let's say, a Molina, let's say it's short, there's been a revolving door mm-hmm. for a long time, going back to Ozzie. Yep. Since Ozzy's time, there was like something six or seven different opening day shortstops, and then you looked at catcher and first base, and it never changed. Right you know just you had cornerstone guys and it wasn't gonna you're not gonna move them and right now as we talk in 2023 you're not moving goldie right he's not going anywhere so luke and baker's kind of blocked. that's our guy dan mclaughlin going in for jamie rivers i am anthony stalter's
3: the fast line on 101 espn i was told right before i walked in to the studio after grabbing some water uh, one that the lineup was out in two pack of
4: lunch so you'd have to think that if you bring up Yepes, you throw him in the lineup i mean Now, O'Neill's out. You you give him a a chance. You know?
3: Shake it up. We'll see how Dan and I do with the lineup next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
3: All right, time to play the lineup game, and we we were warned it could be a doozy. Matthew Boyd, the left-hander, on the hill tonight for the Tigers as the Cardinals open up a new series against Detroit. And we a, have not.
4: This is honest. We have not seen it. No, we have no we have idea. Not. So I think you'll probably. And you, but you were told it was a doozy. So I was. They're going to shake it up. I was told to pack a lunch is what I was told. So well, the only thing I think I'm certain of is that if you bring up Yepes, he's in your lineup, and it's a lefty, so that means Gorman sits. That's would. That's what I think. Because yes. it's Matthew Boyd pitching. Excuse me for Detroit. I had too many of those chicken strips. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Could never have enough Raising cane's chicken fingers on those Dunk's so Dunk's good. heavenly birthday. Oh, right. Those are so good. So Dan, this is typically against the lefty. This has typically been Tommy Edman. At I, the I top, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think we reinvent the wheel
4: here. i think with you. To Edmund. Edmund. Yep, Tommy Edman leading off and playing shortstop, or uh, rather second base. Let's see.
1: But right now, I'm going to need you, Tommy Boy, to get this place
4: going. All right. Hey, this has been Goldie. I don't think you changed no. this one either. He's been uh, actually better doing some numbers today. He's Anthony. He's been better right now this year through the amount of games they played. Which is what thirty-two or thirty-three, whatever it is, this year than he was last year. So don't change it. Keep I, him second in the lineup. I believe that because April was one. April was like his worst worst month usually historically. Yeah, last year
3: I remember we were talking toward the end of the month we were talking about. Well, you know, is it? Is are we starting to see the decline? He is thirty-five. Is this a problem? And then of course he went on to yeah uh, win, win the MVP tear and won the MVP. All right, show us Paul Goldschmidt. I love gold. Lost <laughs> some powers for you. So no, I agree with you. I don't think Gorman's in the lineup. And when Gorman is out, Contreras, it's Contreras that bats third.
4: I gotta wonder too with the two strike thing that we were talking about earlier. If this is a way to get him, you still want him to be offensively minded, and he's been really good at home. So his bat is going to be in the lineup change things up with your pitching staff a little bit. Give if, if this is the way that you give Kisner some time to work with the pitchers and kind of get Contreras keep him in the lineup, but just be careful with him on the whole two-strike thing we talked about. Yeah. So you think I'd, say could... he'd be, I'd say he'd be your DH, if anything. And I think the last time that there was a
3: lefty Contreras with the DH, he too. Was. So I like your line of thinking. All right. So we agree. Contreras? Yes. Show us Wilson Contreras.
1: Well done! Well done! Well done!
4: Well done! we're on fire right now okay where's the big difference in the lineup there's i guess gonna, we got to get to juan Yepes at gonna some a, point there's going to
3: be a trap door at some point but i don't think it's here
4: no nolan Arnato show us nolan Arnato can i say one more thing sure. albert pujos
2: i love you man
3: <laughs> all right well we know we don't have tyler o'neill We know Juan Yep we think Juan Yepes is gonna be in the lineup at some point. I don't know if it's fifth, but I also don't know who you would bat fifth against a lefty.
4: I go Yepie. Go Yippi here. Although Carlson hitting from the right side is something you have to consider. Different hitter from the right side. I'm gonna go though with Yepes. Okay, so let's do
3: this. So we got Yep. So we think that Yepes is in this lineup. We we need one, two, three, four,
4: five, five spots. And we got a second baseman, Carlson. first baseman, DH, third baseman.
3: We think Yepes is somewhere in the lineup. Carlson somewhere in the lineup. And you, and I agree with you. I think Contreras might be your DH tonight, and Kisner is in the lineup. Okay. So that would be three. Who are we missing here? Donovan potentially, because you you're going to need a well DeYoung. Yeah, he'd be it short for me. It's yep. a lefty. Okay, so De Young is likely in this lineup. And then who who are we missing or what are we missing? Uh right fielder. So Newt. Newt is gonna be somewhere in this lineup, correct? Yep. Yep. So Yepes, Carlson. So out of these five, Yepes, Carlson, Kisner, De Young, Newt, it's not gonna be Kisner. I don't think it's gonna be Newt against the lefty. I don't think you moved De Young up no. to the fifth spot. So it's between Yepes and Carlson.
4: I'm gonna go Yepie and you're gonna go Let's go Yepie. You sure? Yes. You're positive. Because you're a Dylan guy, so I'm just saying, if you want to go Dylan, I'll... I was hyping him up earlier. I'm going to go Yippee, though. So go ahead, whatever you want. Do we have to agree on this? Yes. Oh. Let's go yippie. You sure? Yippee, then Carlson. Let's do that. Okay.
3: Show us one yepes. Sorry, guys. Son of a...
4: Mm. Thank you, Janet. She's all over it. Show so us... Now, Dylan Carlson. Dylan Carlson. Show us Dylan Carlson.
1: Us. Hey, Carl. Carl! Good to see you. All right,
6: I'm trying to play it up, Dan. I'm trying to be dramatic for Sorry, you.
4: Sorry, buddy. My fault. Now it's okay. I'm new to this show. Hi. Now, <laughs> now would you go yippy? Now I go yepes.
3: Show us one yepes.
1: Yippy! <laughs> nice.
3: I'm glad that's back. Is that Janet? Oh yeah. Wow.
6: Yippy! It's
4: awesome. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> if Yepes, where's Yepes? Then I put him in the outfield. So he'd be my left fielder. Okay. So Yepes, Carlson. Carlson, Newt. Yes. Okay. All right. <clears throat>
3: I got gotcha. you. Am I right about that? Who else we got in here? Um.
4: Yeah. That's I'm right. I'm just trying to
3: think. Yeah. That's oh, right. Okay. All right. All right. So Kisner, DeYoung, Newt. This is. I would think this is be.
4: This would be DeYoung. Lefty drop down Newt bar to eighth. And De Young would be seventh. Yeah, that's right. I'd go Paul De Young. Show us Paul De Young.
1: <laughs> the king has returned.
3: Wow. Then Newt, then Kisner. That's
4: what I got too.
3: Show us Newt.
1: Newt, Newt. Newt. Newt.
4: Okay. Go now ahead, Andrew Dan. Kisner is your catch your batting ninth, which would make all the sense in the world. Give me Kisner.
1: Andy. What is
4: that? Bala? Grind fresh pepper. Wait a minute. Play that Play one again.
6: <laughs> did it cut off the, the, the pepper? I think it cut off the
4: pepper. <laughs> we'll
6: have to get a new one of that. Let me hear it.
1: Andy. What is that? Bala? Grind fresh pepper.
4: Yeah.
6: Yeah.
3: Huh, yeah, pepper. I see what you're doing though, because Kisner was actually the one that came up with
6: the assault yes, well, and So pepper, I got a couple different recommendations from the text line last week. So I tried to mix and match, but I don't know if I'm feeling that one. That one's too choppy. It's too choppy. We'll have to. Hey, that's the point though, you know? We see what works, what doesn't work. We're, you know, we're sort painting. of like the Cardinals, you know. We're we're a platoon here with the with the drops until we have a set drop lineup.
3: We're painting a, a mosaic, Yeah. you know. A mosaic a what a mo uh, a mo John Mosaic mosa- oh. mo John Mosaic yeah. <laughs> All right, Marsh John Mosaic.
6: <laughs> 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 All right, let's look at this lineup. Batting first, leading off, second baseman Tommy Edman, batting second, first baseman Paul Goldschmidt, the DH tonight. Is Wilson Contreras? He's batting third. Your cleanup hitter, third baseman. Nolan Arnado. Batting fifth, Dylan Carlson. He is in center. Batting sixth, Juan Yepes. He is in left field. Batting seventh. Paul DeYoung, Young, the shortstop, batting eighth, right fielder, Lars Newpar, and your catcher tonight, batting ninth, Andrew Kisner.
1: <laughs> back, 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 back. Stay fair, stay fair. Go foul, go foul! I don't believe what I just saw! Home run! All
3: right, Jamie's on the board, too. Dan, you're on the board. You've got one home run. Mm-hmm. Or no, you have two. Does he have two? Does Dan, Dan, Dan has two. two. One of them boy. was
6: not official, but we gave it to Dan
4: because we love Dan. Thanks. Appreciate that, Marshy. He earned <laughs> yeah. it, though. And I mean, well, of course. Time. I mean, I've been here limited time. and Yeah, yeah you got a couple right. All right, Really
6: impressive Thanks because problem. we've been playing all year, and... I still, I, I haven't gotten one right yet.
3: I was in the lead at 1-0 for the longest time. Yeah, you, did, you were. Is that right? Yeah, one.
4: Who'd you have? Got to be Goldie or Arnotto. I think it was, was Goldie. Oh, it was oh, Goldie. Goldie? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So now we're just predicting a home run tonight. That's it. Either side. Nope. Got to oh, be a, just Cardinal. a Cardinal. Okay, yeah, so. Cecil Fielder is out. Yeah, yeah you can't God. take Cecil or Prince Fielder. I wanted Cecil, though. Or Alan come back Tramp- and- Trammell. Yeah. Lou Whitaker is Whittaker. out. Lou uh, Whitaker. Of course, course. Of course they're Gibby. All gone. Kirk Gibson. <laughs> okay, we can't do that. None of them. Got okay. it. Okay. I'm trying to think of some other Tigers. Yes. From the great 80s teams. They had, they had some great teams in the 80s. Won a World Series under Sparky Anderson. Yes, they did. I will go. Can I go first? Of course. I'm gonna go. Dylan Carlson hitting from the right side. I like that uh, the against the lefty. Sure. Why not? Why the hell not? My man Dylan. All right, uh,
6: Marsh. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, Juan Yepes. I think he has to hit a home run tonight. And then all the fans will say, I "Told you so." Yeah, he should have been B. up with the yeah, big B. club a week ago. Yeah. I like it. Okay.
3: So I have the choice to either go with chalk or go off the board a little bit myself. Why don't you go ahead and give me Paul Goldschmidt? Boy, that's going out on a
4: limb. Yes, thank Lefty you. Lefty on the mound, and Goldie is the one guy that you can count
3: on. I'm thinking I've got one home run. It was Paul Goldschmidt. You guys left them for me, so why don't I go right back to the well with Goldie? Yeah, we with did. Goldie.
4: Uh, Somebody brings up an interesting point here tonight. I hope the crowd gives Miguel Cabrera a good reception. Been around a long time. Would like to see his first home run of the year this weekend. That'd be a good one to, to see. He got home run number, oh, what was it? 499, I think, in St. Louis. Really? Yeah. He, i mean you think about right-handed hitters of his generation one of the one of the absolute best to me it's either he or albert yes i agree i mean that's th- those are the two guys
3: my first my very first time on air in any market ever i would first time i did i did updates or any sort of on air i was doing updates for wdfn in detroit first first day it was when miguel cabrera was traded from the Marlins. To the Tigers.
4: Dontrell Willis was part of that. Yes. And the Tigers gave up. I think up. Andrew Miller was part of that, too. I think you're right. He was a highly thought of
3: uh, he, to, guy. To Miami. Yeah. 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 Andrew Miller. And do you remember the the main prospect? This is this might be kind of tough. Cameron
4: Maben. Nailed it. Am I right? You're absolutely
3: 100% right. Yeah. Cameron Maben was like the guy for Detroit. Oh, he was supposed to be can't
4: miss. Mm-hmm. And it he really had an, o- did. He did an yeah.
3: okay career,
4: but he never... He, well, by the end he was bouncing around and the Marlins thought he was going to be a stud and mm-hmm. it just never worked out never clicked and it winds up being for the Dave Dombrowski at the time who's now with the Phillies and won with Boston I mean he is should go to the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done but that's one of the great deals they knew a fire sale was coming Oh three, 3 the Marlins won mm-hmm. and they were dismantling the team again after they had won in 98 I guess it was and so, you know, they were there for the pickings. Yep. It, I mean, the Cardinals took advantage of that, too. They gave up Looper to go get Renteria. And before it's all said and done, Edgar Renteria will go to the Cardinals Hall of Fame, along with Matty Moe and the other guys. Lee Smith was on that, Steve Carlton, you know, a bunch of those guys. But they, they were there for the Pickens. if you had prospects mm-hmm. or if you wanted to take on a big contract. It was there. Yep. And so Dave Dombrowski Fleeced said, them. let's do it. Let's go. And... They get Miguel Cabrera and he's headed to the Hall of Fame. It sparked
3: two World Series runs for Detroit. They didn't win either of them, but That's of course right. 06, as we celebrate uh, Dunk's birthday today. He's part of that 06 team. Uh, Cardinals, of course, beat the Tigers in 06. And that was a that was a really good Tigers team. And we I like again, I was doing radio in Detroit at the time, Dan, and it was that that was just a team of destiny. Maglio
4: Ordonez in the middle of that lineup. He hit the big home run against who did they play in the ALCS? It was a sweep. Yes. And um he hit the home run that clinched it. Remember how cold it was? It was freezing. Yeah, and he hit the home run that sent them to the World Series and they they went in four games mm-hmm. in that series and then had to wait for the epic series to finish between the Mets and the Cardinals right. and that's that layoff really did hurt them.
3: It was and the same thing happened to the to the Tigers in 2012. Yep they finished up early had like a week to wait and the cardinals and giants that's right it was the giants went, that won i think they went the distance or at least one game they went to game six maybe
4: uh well 2012 if lance lynn has a clean throw to pete cosma they were up three games to one and at, uh, at bush at bush and barry zito with the season on the line barry zito's clinging to his career and winds up winning that game at Busch Stadium that was also our buddy Matt Holiday who went into Marco Scudero in mm-hmm. that series in at second base remember in, in San, San Francisco Fransi- yep a lot of these things are happening yeah anyway going down memory lane i love it i love these things good memories are 06 that's for sure Yeah.
3: cardinals host the tigers tonight what would dunk's thoughts be on this pitching staff oh well, marlins won in 97 by the way okay 97 yeah. sure all right we got a mic drop on this We'll get to that next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I'm wondering how Chris's reaction would be with the Cardinal pitching staff being so bad if his dad was still the pitching coach. I wonder how his reactions
4: and thoughts would be.
3: That was Adam leaving a very interesting question there. Dave Duncan, hands down, the best pitching coach
4: ever. Yeah, to me, he should be in the Cardinals Hall of Fame. You know, if Okendo's in. Now, Jose played and played at a high level and was a great defender and played on some really good teams. Mm -hmm. Um, But his impact like George Kissel with Okendo is, is very similar. I mean, a lot of guys learned how to play and still do the positions defensively from Jose Okendo, and I've been around it. I've seen it. It's incredible. He was also a terrific third-base coach. He was really good, um, and it was fun learning things over the years that he, Yachty, and Albert would do all the time of things like they knew different ways when Okendo would be holding up Albert and we'd always say, I would. I'd say, I can't believe it. He ran through the the sign. No, actually, it was by design. Yeah. It was the, he'd put his hands up and there was a partic- particular way that he would do it, specific way, and that was Albert going around the bases. So it wasn't like him ignoring Jose Okendo. It was just that's it was how it just the little things and then defensively, um, how he taught the game and still teaches the game. Like, you, you'll you go up to Nolan Gorman and say, what have you learned about second base from Jose Oquendo? And he's like, oh my gosh, I've never been around a guy like, like Jose ever. And I think a lot of people feel that way with Dave Duncan. And if we're putting in specific coaches to baseball's Hall of Fame, I think he should be in. And he was ahead of his time, like Matt Holiday talked about. I know you've talked about it with Chris Duncan. Um, that his dad had this binder and we would have to carry a separate, like big old case of information that Dave kept. And as Matt said, now it's called up on your computer. He was doing that before Mm -hmm. about how to pitch guys. Here's the tendencies. They would look at video. Uh, here's how to position the defense. Uh, it just a lot of things, man. He was ahead of his time and, and innovated parts of this game. And I, I've always felt like if there's innovators in the game, like Tommy John. How is Tommy John not in the Hall of Fame? Right. He's got the most famous surgery of the sport that <laughs> right. saved so many careers. Absolutely. So guys like that, and I'm not comparing Dave Duncan to Tommy John, don't get me wrong, but innovators and people that were ahead of their time that now we see commonplace in the sport – I think you should look at that for the Hall of Fame. I really do. Dan, first and foremost, I agree. But second, second of all,
3: I, I really want to emphasize, emphasize this because I, I know that some fans want to want to blame analytics on you know the, this sport almost being ruined to some degree. I, and I get it. It can when it's just number after number after number. You're like, okay, time. I'm out. I'm tapping out. And there are there, there seemingly is a step for everything. And you know, you you can listen to people kind of drone on about it. But if if you think for one second that what you watched with Dave Duncan and everything that you know, yes, he had gut feel and all that stuff too. But when you're talking about analytics, as Matt mentioned before, as you just mentioned, as Chris talked about, he he was doing that that research. That analytical data was there. He was doing it by hand, and it's one of the many reasons where your Cardinals uh, were oh, good for, yeah. for two two plus decades for sure. So. Understand that when you're like, oh, it's all this analytic crap. Dave Duncan was a huge part of that. Maybe we've gone too far in certain areas. Maybe Dave processed the information a lot better and could relay it to guys because there is a teaching element there.
4: But keep in mind that Dave Duncan was analytics, also fixing guys. He was really good at getting. You know, they worked in in unison together, and I'm talking about Walt, Tony, and Dunk. And they'd say Walt would come down and say, Hey, I got a chance to get player X. Not having a good year. And it didn't always work out. Don't get me wrong. It's not like they found some guy in the scrap heap and he became Cy Young. But there were guys that they fixed and took a chance on. And Dave would see a little intricacy that was missing with this particular pitcher. uh, Just something fine. And all of a sudden it would click. And, man, you better watch out. This guy is becoming a force. And that should not be overlooked. It may not have been talked a lot about with the fan base or the media because they're not in those backroom conversations but he did that a lot or he would say if you have a chance to go out and get this guy get him with us because he fits with us and here's why defensively gets ground balls we can position this guy I see something that we can tinker with a little bit he did that a lot man and so I I do believe he should without question be in the Cardinals Hall of Fame but then you have to look at Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame I'm I'm Tony has pushed for him behind the scenes, but you know, one of the things I hate to see is that you run out of time with some of the older guys, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. If you're going to do it, get them when they're here. Yeah, Put them in when they're alive. And Make they sure could that they get to enjoy it, and their it. family Absolutely. can go, and all those things. So it's something to look at, I think, for sure. Well
3: said. So that's Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers. We do need a Gauntlet contestant, though. So if you want to participate in the Gauntlet today, great. We'd love to have you. Uh, but we do need a Gauntlet contestant. So if you're just texting Gauntlet, we'll, uh, we'll have, you'll have an opportunity to face either Marsh or myself today. And the Gauntlet is next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Jobs, Tire, and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three Warriors. Four categories. One challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master. Your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastour.com.
3: With Sam McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers today, it's the gauntlet. I'm um, On 101 ESPN, Andrew Marsh here as well. I'm Anthony Stalter, and we welcome in Trevor to the gauntlet. What's up, Trevor? Nothing. All right, good wow, man. man was... a few, yeah, man, a few words. No I like question. it. Trevor, Let's get you... to the point direct. Are you locked in, Trevor? Yeah, first. Okay. All right. First time in the gauntlet, or?
4: Nope. All right. It's three words we got out of him. Yeah.
3: Well, that's all I got. <laughs> it threw the kitchen sink <laughs> at you, Trevor. So who would you like to, to face, me or Marsh today? You, done deal. Four words. <laughs> I hope you uh, hope you like hockey, yeah. Trevor.
5: <laughs> <laughs> See ya.
6: Good luck. Indeed. Five words. All right, Trevor. You know the deal. For those that don't know the rules, both you and Anthony will get four questions. If you get the question right without using the options, you get two points. If you you have to use the questions and you get the question right. It's worth one point. Of course, if you don't get it right, it is zero points. Are you ready to spin the wheel? Spin All right, so you said you wanted hockey or at least you kind of hinted at it It's slowing down random. It is not hockey. It is not random. The category today is Baseball, how do you feel about baseball Trevor?
4: good all right well good what do you do for a living trevor maybe we can try that one beyond just one (laughs) word bartend okay where would that be at let's give you a plug
0: uh place called the quarry
4: oh where's that located off the z new melly oh okay great well thanks for listening in we certainly appreciate it now we have the baseball trivia ready to roll and you're gonna take on Anthony and you said indeed you're ready to go so Marshy Fireway.
6: all right here we go question number one Trevor which team recorded ten runs in a game against the Cardinals most allowed by st. Louis in a game this season these questions are now well uh, the timing of it prior to the Angels game oh yesterday <sighs> options Options are Arizona Diamondbacks, Toronto Blue Jays, or Atlanta Braves
0: Toronto
4: final answer yep okay question number two which current Cardinals spent six seasons with the New York Mets, which current Cardinals spent six seasons with the Mets
6: can you say that one more time Matt's final answer. Yep. All right. Question number three, the Braves were originally from Boston and moved to which city from 1953 to 1965 before moving once
4: again to Atlanta. Newley walk final answer. Uh Which Braves player recently reached the 500 career RBI milestone? Options. Options would be Ronald Acuna Jr., Eddie Rosario, or Matt Olson. Olson. Anthony has his work cut out for him today. Let's bring Anthony back in the studio. Of course, he's probably
6: going to think it's hockey. How you feeling? How you feeling, Trevor? Fairly well.
4: All right fairly well two words Anthony he feels fairly (laughs) well all right we got him to tell us what he does so we got a little bit more out of him and then we got uh, fairly well out of him and I got to tell you Anthony you do have your work cut out for you in this gauntlet
6: is it hockey so pack no sure. it's baseball okay all right all right so prior to yesterday's game versus the Angels which team recorded ten runs in a game against the Cardinals At the time, most allowed by St. Louis in a game this season.
3: So another team scored 10 runs against the Cardinals prior to the Angels. Correct. Correct. Yes. Uh, Let's think here. I mean, it
4: had to be the Blue Jays on opening day. I'm going to say the Blue Jays. Final answer. Question two. Which current Cardinals spent six seasons with the Mets? Which current cardinal spent six seasons
3: with the Mets? That's right. Uh, I'm going through the lineup right now: Goldschmidt, Arnado. Tommy Edmond, Donovan. It's got to be a pitcher. Miles Michael's no. Flaherty, no. Ah, uh, Stephen Matz spent time with the Mets. I'm assuming it's six years. I don't. I don't think. Anybody else has done it. Uh, Stephen Matz, final answer.
4: Oh, no, that's your turn, Marshy. Yep. Question
6: number three. The Braves were originally from Boston and moved to which city from 1953 to 1965 before moving once again to
4: Atlanta? Milwaukee, final answer. Question four, please. Which Braves player? <laughs> Did you said set it up yourself. I said it to myself. <laughs> which, oh
6: yeah, we get that back
4: to. Them. Which Braves player recently reached the 500 career RBI milestone? 500 career RBI. Correct. Jeez, it could be could be any of those guys. Which Braves player recently reached the 500 career RBI milestone? 500 RBI. Uh, I mean Austin
3: Riley, Acuna, Albies. I don't think Albies would have done it. Matt Olson is in that lineup. Arizona. uh I'm gonna take a... I'm gonna take a shot in the dark here and say... Oh man, I... I want to say Matt Olson, but uh, I'm gonna say Matt Olson. I'm going to say Matt Olson. Final. I was leaning between him, him and Ronald Acuna, but I'm going to go Matt Olsen. Is that your final answer? Matt Olsen, final answer.
6: Alright, let's go over these questions. Anthony, how are you feeling? Dan told you uh, that you had to be on your A game, essentially. How, how are you feeling? You had to I be feel, locked in. I feel pretty good. Alright, alright. Honestly, so-
3: once, once you guys said it wasn't hockey, I was pretty fired up. <laughs> <off. laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: I wish it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you did well, though. You did both. Right. You guys did very well.
6: All right, let's go over All these right. answers. Then we'll start with question number two. Question number two, Dan: Which current Cardinals spent six seasons with the Mets? Both of you said Stephen Matz. The answer is Stephen Matz. Nice job, Trevor. But neither of you needed the option. Oh, you so fooled two, us. Two two. Uh, the old Anthony I special. Me. Trevor yeah. already knew if they used the option. Question number three. Let's go question number three. The Braves were originally from Boston and moved to which city from 1953 to 1965 before moving once again to Atlanta? Trevor, you said Milwaukee. Anthony, you said Milwaukee. The correct answer is Milwaukee. So we're all knotted up at four apiece. I said Milwaukee. He did say Milwaukee. He should actually get another point for that. Yep. Yep. We'll see.
3: We'll see if he'll it's need actually it. Pronounced, okay. uh, he
4: right. did say oh, God, it that way. Good he land. Did. <laughs> <laughs> he said Milwaukee. Uh, What's
3: uh, all right, Trevor? What song was was Alice Cooper singing in that in that scene? Uh, Will you give
4: him the gauntlet if he gets this right? We're gonna go off script. Oh jeez. I need a gauntlet, win bad okay. dance or no. <laughs> <laughs> think about it. Go ahead. I can't
3: think of it. Do you want do you want the answer? Yes, Frank. Feed my Frankenstein.
4: Gosh darn it! I knew that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, let's go because to question.
4: Gosh darn it! I knew that. He's talking okay. more now. Think Trevor's many... Yes. Yeah.
6: <laughs> let's go question number four. Which Braves player recently reached the 500 career RBI milestone? Trevor, you said Matt Olson. Anthony, wow. you said Matt Olson. The correct answer is.
4: Matt Olsen.
6: Wow. But Trevor needed the options. So, Darn Anthony, it. you're up 6-5. Wow, I'm glad I didn't say Acuna. Final question. close. I was. Prior to yesterday's game versus the Angels, we know the Cardinals gave up 11 runs. Which team recorded 10 runs in a game against the Cards most allowed by St. Louis in a game this season? Trevor, you picked the Blue Jays. Anthony, you picked the Blue Jays. The correct
4: answer is the Toronto Blue
1: Jays.
6: Anthony, you did not need the options. Trevor did. Trevor!
1: You have chosen poorly. You lose today.
3: (laughs) Bye. Wow, that was, Trevor, that was an that was an
4: epic battle. Did he just say bye? I'm like, I'm out. (laughs) That's what I heard too.
0: Have Tra- a good one, boys.
6: Tra- okay.
3: <laughs> hey, Trevor, have a good weekend. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing.
0: Likewise. All
3: right. Thanks, brother. Wow. That, so he got every question right. Yeah. It's a tough loss.
4: It's a tough L to take. Mm-hmm. No doubt. hmm Wow. But when you show that kind of personality, I mean, you just want him back and you want more and more. <laughs> <laughs> he started. He started to show a little bit. Uh, I'm giving him trouble. I like giving Dan, him trouble. you
6: opened him up a little bit.
4: I did.
3: You yeah, we found did.
4: out more about him. He's a very nice fellow. I'll say this: if
3: I if it, so, the gauntlet wheel, which has often, I mean, a ton of times, it has spun hockey. It's spun baseball today. Just
4: happens to go that
3: way with you on Chris Duncan's heavenly birthday. Yep. And Trevor took took me. There's no way I I I could have. Done poorly there, and looked well, at myself
4: in the mirror. I think the key was when you got Matt Olson, big that time, was, because you were going hard with you. I even think you said Rosario. We had it options: Acuna. It was Acuna, Rosario, and Olson, and you came up on on your own without the options. So. That, that one was well key. done.
3: Well, thanks, Dan. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. I needed that. I I was in
4: I was in a massive slump in the gauntlet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hockey will do that to you. Certainly. It'll mm-hmm. uh, it'll humble you. It really will. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like going over the blue line with your head down. You're gonna get smoked. <laughs> You're gonna get smoked. That's yeah. yeah. right. And Jacob Absolutely.
6: Truba's the guy hitting you. Yeah.
4: yeah. Wow. You know, How about that hit? It was like Scott Stevens-esque on really Lindros, was. and then yeah. there's a yard sale. Equipment going everywhere. That's a yard sale. <laughs> His gloves. It took me a second there yeah, until you actually I, did the, the I motion. I to show you, yeah. There's <laughs> gloves flying everywhere, teeth flying everywhere. I mean, holy smokes. that was. It's a scary hit, though. When you no, watch that and the guy goes down and he kind of hydroplanes on the ice because he's out cold. Yeah. I mean, the ones with uh, – I still will call it up on, like, YouTube and stuff when I'm really bored, as you can tell. That's where I'm at in my life. Um, that I will sit there and watch, like, the hockey hits – I love watching old fights, old-time hockey. But when you see that hit twice, Scott uh, Stevens on Lindros, he did it twice. Yeah, Just laid him out. I mean, Eric Lindros was a big, big man. Strong, tall, big. Yeah. And, I mean, you see that, and he gets yard-sailed like that. Holy cow. Not great. Yeah. Anyway, oh, I got another story real quick. One of my favorites was Tony Twist. They were going after Lindros. Tony Twist chased him around the ice and tried to get him to fight and is taking his stick and hitting it on his bottom <laughs> on his rear end. Which should be the ultimate. Yeah, like, okay, yeah. fine, we're dropping the gloves, let's go square off. He must it was a Sunday afternoon, they're getting blown out, the blues, and they're trying to to get up. You know, just sometimes you fight. That's what would happen. You're gonna take out the frustration. Exactly. You're gonna show, hey, we're still trying, you know, fans are still around, they love to watch a fight, and he wouldn't do it. He just he would not now. If I'm Eric Lindros, I have... the a smart move. You, absolutely. I've got no problem with what he did. Because if you take on Tony Twist, you're probably going down. And you're going down, you must go down and go down hard. Yeah. A little hey, Al Davis. I like that a yeah. lot.
2: I like
3: that a lot, Dan. You mixed in a lot. You mixed in three, like three legends right there, right? Right in a row. Paul
4: Correa got smoked too by Scott Stevens. He did. That if was another scored one.
6: scored a goal the same game. Yeah.
4: Doesn't that was remember a good one. any of it. Yeah. Well, Lindros was smart to not do it,
3: but if you, if you were, you, you better be ticked off. Like oh you better, yeah, because you got to be out. Of, I would think you got to be out of your mind. Yeah, out of your mind to to take on Twister in a in a oh. fight. I
4: was I was doing sidelines for the Blues. I always come up with these stories here. I love I, it. I can't. Dennis Bonvie, maybe or somebody from the Hawks, had long hair, and it was kind of long and stringy. And we put the fight in slow motion, and it was like, Anthony, from me to you, I was on the other side of the glass, obviously, and it's in the corner. Twister has all the leverage, and he's actually pulling his sweater, the opponent's sweater, into his right fist. So left is on his chest, the opponent's chest, and his helmet was off. And so you just see the hair going front to back, (laughs) front to back. And this poor guy just got pummeled. And so when you watch that up close, TV doesn't do it justice. I mean, you could hear it. Yeah. Hear the fist on the face, and the guy just boom, drops like, you know, a sack of potatoes. As Mike Shannon would say, you should sure. drop that like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> but that's how it was with him, man. And Chaser was the same way. You know, those yeah. guys would just kill people. I mean, you got to be tough. Oh, beyond tough. Stu Grimson, somebody said, yeah, he was
3: good. Bob Probert. All these guys. You're making somewhere. Jamie on an off day is uh, is smiling if he's listening. No doubt. We're talking. We're talking uh, fighting. He's not hockey. listening. You no, know, he might be. You really? Know. Yeah, he might be.
4: Jamie, if you're listening, call in and mm-hmm. find out. One yeah. of his friends is going to say, "You better call you better in, call right now." <laughs> Dan and Anthony, are talking about. You. It's the
3: Fast on 101 ESPN. Strikeout rates haven't changed despite the the new rules. I want to spend a couple of minutes on this. And then at the bottom of the hour, BT said something with us in the first hour about what could be plaguing this Cardinals team. And there was there was a couple of things that he laid out, and I thought he laid it out in fascinating fashion. Dan and I will talk about it in about 10 minutes. But, again, strikeout rates haven't changed despite the new rules. What are Dan's thoughts on that? Next, I want to want be ESPN. <laughs>
1: Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: Hey, I would say my favorite moment with Duncan, even while watching him play
5: baseball, which was awesome, Staltz, you and him opened up. And we're at the neighborhood Walmart off Jungerman Road when it opened. And the smile that he gave, it was 100% real. And it lasted the whole time he was there. He never stopped smiling. And he was so energetic. He was just a, overall, he's, he was just a really good person. And he has provided a positive
0: energy.
3: Marsh, who is, I want to make sure I get the name on that. Sorry, just feel free to look that up. But thank you for leaving that that, that mic drop. That Was Matthew Matthew? Thank you, Matthew. That very kind words, very I, nice. I connect Dan, you can echo this too. Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers today. I can echo this. I mean, Dunk was always the same guy. It's not like he put on a show and then turned around and said, Man, I hate doing these live remotes, or I hate doing this, or I hate me, you know, going out in public. That was Dunk. He liked Dunk. people, he liked, he really did. It's a, yeah. it's a such a great way to say that. He did, he, he liked people, and one of our favorite. Remotes, And I've said this a lot, but one of our favorite remotes was going out to Scott Air Force Base, because then you're talking to men and women of our of our military coming out and thanking us. And we're like, no, that's not right. Let's turn this around. Let's, let, You know, we're, we're thanking you. It's military appreciation day. We always go out to Scott Air Force Base. But people just wanted to be around Dunk. People wanted to meet him, Dan. They wanted to laugh with him. They wanted to tell their story to him about how they watched him play one time or. You know, listen to the radio and thoughts something that he
4: said was funny or, or insightful about baseball, but they wanted to be around him. Primarily, my career has been around baseball. Um, and I never really hold it against a player unless they get really personal with me of being uh, not nice people. Yeah, because I understand that they're in the moment of such a short window of their life to make the kind of money that's life changing. And they are uber-focused individuals. They're the best of the best in the world at what they do. I'll tell you, I've said this a million times, give me the worst player in the big leagues and I'll show you a hell of a player. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're really good. And my point is is that when you're so locked in and, and that single focus is to be the best player that you can be, to try to make your money the one you can be, to be a good teammate, all that kind of stuff. I never took it really personally that when a guy you know, kind of blew you off or whatever, I was like, I get it. This is his job. Yeah. He, he's got to do that. Now, the point is, and this is a little bit of Chris Duncan, is then once you're out of it and the pressure is off and you're not trying to figure out how to hit a curveball and a slider or catch a ball in the outfield, mm-hmm. you're a different person. Yeah. This is who you really are. And they want to interact with fans, and they're back to being, quote, unquote, a normal human being again. And they're just different people. I mean, I don't think fans – really understood Matt Holiday until he started doing this show and showing his personality. Now, yeah. you saw a little bit of that here and there. He'd do an interview, but he was very stoic when he was playing. Mm-hmm. Now, I knew him in a different realm. Um, he used to scream at Jim Hayes when we get on the plane, Jim, get up here! You know, he'd be screaming and just giving him trouble. Yeah, I saw that side of him and the dry sense of humor and all that kind of stuff. He's but funny. He is funny. And now that fans, now he's out of the game, fans are seeing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he feels relaxed and is showing his true colors. So sure. I think that was part of Chris Duncan, too, is that he was, like he said to me, Dan, I'm just so worried about catching a damn fly ball, you know? <laughs> I was like, hey, I get it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you're just worried when you're those guys, you're just worried about staying in the league. Yeah. You know, so you understand when they come out of it, they're they're just different people. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, feel free to continue to send in your mic drops. We're going to play
3: as many as possible. It uh, it would have been Chris Duncan's 42nd birthday today on Cinco de Mayo. So uh, if you want to, again, share your your favorite memories of Chris or you know whatever, however you want to do it, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show today. And the people that have left mic drops already, man, we really appreciate you. Real quick note here, Dan, I, I thought this was interesting. I know you also dive into the numbers of baseball at, at times as well. Uh, When it comes to balls in play, Major League Baseball is striking out. That's a headline from The Ringer. And I won't bore you with the actual numbers, but strikeout rates, despite the rule changes, despite the banning of the shift and the pitch clock, trying to get the ball more in play, the strikeout numbers are right on pace, if not higher, than they have been over the last couple of years.
4: I was really surprised at that because what I thought would happen in a game of power with pitching specifically To gear up and throw 100 miles an hour takes a lot out of your body, and a lot of guys then would take their time. The power pitchers take their time, roll around the mound, walk around the mound, and gather their breath again and say, oh, okay, it's been 25 seconds. Bam, now I'm ready to go and throw 101 again. And I thought it would reduce their velocity to an extent, Um, but maybe what's happened is the opposite effect to where when batters get in there, They're not stepping out and thinking about what they want to do, too. Mm -hmm. And so it it may have had a reverse effect a little bit to where their concentration isn't quite where it needs to be or regrouping after a bad swing, those kind of things. I I wonder if it's had a a little bit of a reverse effect than what they anticipated. I also wonder, Dan, if if pitchers just remain ahead of hitters.
3: They just... They they were They're really ahead of, good, aren't they? You know, <laughs> I don't I don't mean I don't mean to be flippant, but they were also kind of ahead of things when it came to maybe having some substances on the sure. ball to make it dance a little bit more. And they they've relegated that, which is good. I don't I don't you know that was kind of getting obscene. Uh, but the the pitchers in Major League Baseball are are outstanding. Now, unfortunately, the Cardinals. You know, seeing a lot that of that. firsthand. Yeah, yeah, right. But when it comes to the the starters right now, they, they're just they're good, and and hitters have not shifted their philosophy of. I know I'm going to strike out a lot, but if I can pop 30 plus home runs, that's going to be good for our team. It's that, gonna be that's good a for great point, point. and I'm I'm okay with this. They're still okay. Strikeouts, with the strikeouts. are accepted
4: as long as I hit for power. Yep. as long as I slug. There's, Why do I care? There's not a league full of Tony Gwynns, right? Yeah, I mean. I also believe that Tony Gwynn would have destroyed the shift. His back control was so good. Absolutely. I mean, you're going to play me to pull? Fine, take it the other way. You want to take (laughs) me the other way? Okay, fine, I'll pull it. He was awesome, man. One of the best pure hitters in Major League Baseball history. You know, one of the the biggest regrets I have is that uh, there was the the night in which Andy Ashby, or was it Allen? Allen is the the uncle. Andy is pitching for Milwaukee, the nephew. Anyway, Ashby of San Diego. It's like the Pleszak family. You're exactly. am like, yeah. figure them all out. <laughs> um, but it could have happened on the same night where there was a home run number 500, which McGuire hit, and then Tony Gwynn was one hit shy of 3,000. And he said that if he could do it anywhere outside of San Diego, he wanted to do it in St. Louis. And unfortunately... Um, and a, what a great accomplishment. I mean, my God, you get to 3,000 hits. But he did it in Montreal. And it would have happened in St. Louis. And and the fans were behind him to get it. And he and Stan Mutual wound up having a very close relationship. Every time Tony Gwynn came through St. Louis, he and Stan got together. Sure. Which is pretty cool to talk hitting and just to, to talk about life, which I'm, is amazing. The, their approaches are so, their, their oh, approaches yeah. are so similar. Just I, Tony... I don't know if I've seen a guy with better back control than him. And I remember I did Bud Smith's no hitter. I know I go on all these tangents, but. Love it. And the one thing that there was, Tony Gwynn was hurt, but he was on the bench to pinch hit. And I thought, there is no way Bud Smith is going to get this no hitter because Tony Gwynn is going to wind up pinch hitting. And he wound up hitting a rocket. And I think it was to short. And it was like a one hopper or something like that. But anywhere, if he finds, if it's anywhere outside of not at somebody, I mean right at him. No hitter is over. And I just thought, once he got Tony, wow, I was like, this is over. Mm-hmm. He's going to get it. Because that's the guy. I mean, he was carving everybody else up. I think he threw 134 pitches that night. And I remember talking to Papa Dunk after that game. And he said, we were kind of hoping he'd give up a hit. He said, if we're being honest with ourselves, we wanted him to get up, give up a hit so we could get him out of the game. Yeah. Because the pitch count was going so high. And he's a young kid. We don't want to ruin him. Sure. But that was one of the magical nights in his career maybe the well probably was the best night of his career pretty cool yeah that's dan mclaughlin i'm anthony stalter it's the fast on 101 espn
3: more on on chris duncan more of your mic drops more on the cardinals we'll dive into maybe tonight's matchup bt had some interesting thoughts too on uh you know wilson Contreras and the cardinals pitching staff we'll get to it all let's do it it's all coming up next in the fast on 101 espn
1: The Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hey guys, happy birthday to Chris
3: Duncan. Thinking about all the stories that he made you laugh, and self deprecating, and all the dunkisms, and And his stories on Colton Wong still make me laugh. He wrote him hard. But my favorite thing is when Dave Duncan would call in and the stories Dave Duncan would tell about Chris Duncan and his brother, they always made you laugh. But what was always overriding was the love that they had for each other and how blessed that we were as fans of a team that they both worked for our team. So anyway, thanks for letting me share that. And now Danny Mac, what's gonna happen with our team that we both love? All right. Have a good weekend, everyone.
1: <laughs> Go
4: ahead, Dan. Answer Lisa there. Easy uh, question. What's going to happen with the Cardinals? Well, where do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the mic drop. I, yeah. I agree. By the way, I agree with her. I used to hear Dave call in, and I would stop what I was doing to listen because I thought it was just it was just fun radio. Um, and think about I mean, my dad has been passed away for let's see, I'm, I'm probably two and a half, three decades, whatever it is, and I can only imagine what it would be like to have my dad call in mm-hmm. and have a conversation with him. I mean, that would just be awesome. And I, I remember, so baseball brings, now I'm going to get sentimental, but brace, baseball brings a lot of people together, right? And I would just listen to Dave and and, uh, and Dunk talk, and they were giving each other trouble, but then they, they got into really good baseball conversations, so I, I was thinking, man, what, what would that be like to sit there and, and just grow up around the Oakland A's clubhouse, see what it's like to be a pro, be around some of the best that's ever done it, Hall of Famers, Hall of Fame manager, your dad should be in the Hall of Fame, and then you know you're growing up around that, and then on the ride home, you're probably talking about it. You wake up the next day, and you're talking baseball. From that point of view, not mm-hmm. just some guy. This is Dave Duncan. Right. I love those conversations. You you guys did a hell of a job with those. Oh well, thank you. Well, uh, yeah, he D- Dave. That was such a tri- such a, a treat for
3: us. We were, I mean, to have him on every single Friday, and Dave would watch the. You know, he was he was tied in briefly there to the Arizona. Organization because because of, of Tony's involvement with the Diamondbacks, uh, but Dave would still watch the Cardinals almost uh, almost every night. And for him to be able to give us some insight, maybe on on what's going on with a certain pitcher. Oh, he'd pick up and, little things oh, all my, the time. I mean, it, it was just remark. I I somewhere I have notebooks where I just I was trying yeah. to you know, like you're doing a show, but I was trying to just scribble every every note, anything that I thought was that that just stood out. And Dan, I don't know how if you feel the same way, but Dave, and Chris had this ability too, Dave and everybody that's an expert in their field, they have a way of saying a complex thing Dummy and making it, it so simple. Yeah. And you're like, why the hell did I never think of it that way? Right? And you just, why didn't I see that? But they have that eye and they have
4: that ability and you have that expertise. Well, I think with a guy like Dave Duncan... I think sometimes his pupils, you had to do that. And it's not a disrespect statement or a shot at the the pitchers that he dealt with. I'm not saying that they were uneducated or dumb or anything. No, I'm not saying that. Sometimes you really have to break it down to its simplest form to say you need to be doing X. Mm -hmm. Now, in Dave's mind, he knows X is, like you said, really complicated, like, hey, your arm angle's here, and your release point's there, and your your front leg is here, and maybe you should work from this side of the rubber, and oh, by the way, how you grip in the... I mean, you got all those things, right? Yeah. But he would... I, I talked to a lot of pitchers, and they said that he gave me one thing, even though I had probably 10 things going on, but here's the one thing we're going to work on. And that is simplifying it and making it easy for those guys to perform at their highest level. Definitely. And then you get that little part done. You say, oh, hey, let's let's think about this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it just build upon it as you went along. I mean, I I think of Woody Williams. Woody Williams came to St. Louis and was a different pitcher once Dave Duncan got a hold of him. And you look at Jeff Weaver in 06. They don't win the World Series without Jeff Weaver, who was lost prior to, to getting here. On the advice of Mike Matheny, they went out and got Chris Carpenter. And Chris Carpenter took his game to another level, and yeah. part of that was being healthy, clearly, but also getting with Dave Duncan and having the team that he had around him. But you know, Chris didn't need a lot of run support; well, he he won a lot of games on his own. But yeah. those are just three examples of guys that came to St. Louis, and you go, "Wow!" Mm-hmm. Dunk got a hold of him and saw something and turned it around. Absolutely, uh, real quick, and we'll we'll get to we'll get to Yachty too, because obviously Yachty
3: was was uh, an extension of Dave Duncan's coaching. Uh, but when it when Lisa brought up just listening to to Dave talk, I always <laughs> I always loved it, and I could see Chris's face, so I knew he was about to do it. But Chris Chris would always kind of lead you know lead his father down one path and go, oh and oh oh by the way, Dad, yeah. I love you,
2: <laughs> and you'd know,
3: you know, always end it that way. And Dave would say, "I love you too, son. Isn't I love you too, son." And then we, all right, Dave, we'll talk to you next week. But it's okay to uh, hug to your son. That, it's okay to have a little kiss on yeah, the cheek. Absolutely. I mean, he just uh, th- those Chris Chris absolutely admired his father, and oh, he yeah. admired his brother Shelley, and uh, was just so grateful for everything that Dave uh, and 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 certainly certainly his mom. Janine and you know Shelley did for him growing up, and uh, that always came through. I think too on the radio.
4: I think Tony LaRusso would tell you he's not in the Hall of Fame without Dave Duncan,
3: he, and he has said that. Yeah, he absolutely has. In fact, I had the good pleasure of, and I and I say that in a, in kind of a weird way because it was a celebration of life for Chris and we and and Shelley and Dave held it in Tucson, and uh, my wife Chris and I had you know we we went out and um, Shelley had asked me to kind of kind of host it and that's what Tony said. Tony that was one of the one of the first things Tony said was we don't we don't win a World Series in two thousand six without Chris. Chris. Yep. And I'm
4: probably not in the Hall of Fame without Dave. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris, because once he got the World Series, winning in eighty nine with the A's and then winning in oh six with the Cardinals, doing it two different leagues, two different organizations. Absolutely. Puts you in. No doubt. Pretty cool.
3: Dan McLaughlin, Anthony Stalter. All right. AJ Przinski had some thoughts and on, on Yachty or Molina no longer being behind the dish. And I'm sure you can imagine what AJ said about the the loss of not having Yachty and the impact. But you're here from A.J. Przinski next on 101
6: ESPN. Dad, thanks for coming on. Always good stuff. Love you.
2: All right. You guys take care. Thanks for having me on, and I love you too, son. We're right back to
1: the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Contreras is a great player. But losing Yachty, kind of like what the Giants lost Buster Posey.
6: Yachty was there for almost 20 years, every single day. You knew what you were gonna have behind the plate.
2: Nobody would shake him off. I played with Yachty for half a year. I've never seen one player run an organization the way Yachty did. It was Mike Matheny would come to him and ask him, he wasn't even on, he wasn't even on the active roster. Mike Matheny would come to Yachty and say, should we take the pitcher out? And Yachty be like, I don't know, watch you ask the catcher. He's sitting right there. And I was the catcher. <laughs> I, yeah, he would ask Yachty. I'm like, he's not a coach. He's not
3: the GM. He is. That was A.J. Brzezinski, former Cardinal. He did spend some time here, as he noted, on the Foul Territory podcast talking about Yachty's impact. And, Dan, we have gotten this question a lot. And I've, I've said, yeah, of course of course, the Cardinals miss him. And we knew that going in, but I, I think that even, even that I undersold. I think at this point, too. when you look at it, I, I think I – as much as we talked about, as much as we talked about losing Yadi and what that impact was going to be, looking back in hindsight, I I undersold it. And anybody that like chirped at us and said, "Hey, this is a bigger thing than than you than you think,"
4: uh, you were absolutely right. Yeah, we we were talking about this uh, during the season last year, his final year. What would it look like when he's gone? You know, and you think about how he calls a game backwards sometimes, or just understood the league so well, understood his own pitcher so well. I The thing that I loved about him was his adjustment in-game to what was happening with the guy that was on the mound. Right. So not always does that curveball work. Not always are you locating the fastball perfectly. So it's on-the-fly, in-game adjustments that he was great at. Now, one of the things that concerns me, if you're a Cardinal fan, would be the the two strikes and putting hitters away. The Cardinals right now have allowed 38 home runs with two strikes. The percentage of runs allowed via the home run is 40%. 40%. Home runs allowed with two strikes, uh, that's an awful lot that we talked about. But the percentage of runs allowed with two strikes is nearly 50%. And that's in the bottom three of baseball. So that's a combination of not being able to put guys away. Maybe the pitcher thinks he's got to be too fine because Mm -hmm. everybody's tight right now and they're not winning games. Um, Is it what's being called in the moment? Probably a little bit of that, too. So maybe, just maybe, there was more to the Yachty effect than we gave him credit for.
3: And again, we, we did talk about it. We did talk about the loss and all that. But with the way that Contreras had went down to spring training and he didn't participate in the wbc and all that i thought maybe the the process would be a lot smoother uh, bt was with us earlier and you will hear bt's thoughts on this because i think it, i think they're worth replaying bt noted it's it's not just one thing it's not just wilson, wilson Contreras. he's not the one hanging curveballs whatever regardless of of what the pitch that is called and i do agree with you dan in that your your catcher's got to have a feel for what that pitcher has on that day we have heard pitchers talk about i didn't have the feel for my curveball today adam wainwright has talked about i did for as good as his for as great as his curveball is he has talked about after games i did not have the feel for it so we went we went uh you know fastball cutter mm-hmm. today yeah and we did and we made do you still have to execute it's a big part of it but you still have to execute as as a pitcher and and the starters have mostly not executed
4: but Especially think, at home.
3: Yes, which is really weird. But, Dan, I, don't th- I, I just don't think that there's, there's any way to
4: sugarcoat this. They, the loss of Yachty is a bigger impact at this point, than again, that I, than, than I thought. The uh, starters at home, by the way, going into the series tonight, have averaged five innings. Five. That is the average starters, innings pitched, per game this year. Five innings. The relievers at home are over four, and that's the fifth highest total in baseball. You are asking now as we advance the story here you're asking your relievers to get a ton of outs mm-hmm. and you're asking your relievers to be on call a lot more than they need to be yeah as should be I should say they they needed it but when you take that toll on a the back end of a pitching staff meaning the the bullpen you're going to have some of these big games and that's what's happening right now i mean there there are no excuses i mean the the, the pitching just has not been where it needs to be and what they've done at home clearly cannot uh, continue moving forward if they have any chance to to get back in the race. And again, it's early May, but you know, the record is what it is. It's one of the worst starts in franchise history, and you're losing ground, it seems like every night. Now, the rest of the division has not played up to where they were, let's say, a week a week ago and there's that raising canes coming through me again <laughs> <laughs> thank you dunk um but it's just got to get better at home yeah and but it, to me when you look at the team it all it, when you're going to lay blame on what's happening now it's it's the pitching and, and, to, and the pitching just isn't good enough and to piggyback off your comments or are bit you're built to to pitch at bush stadium you don't have a, yeah. a bunch of guys that are going
3: to get strikeouts you're the thought is we're going to we're fine with the ground balls because of the way the bush stadium plays and because of the defense and it's that has backfired big time. It's and-
4: interesting too they have 22 losses on the year in the 32 games run differential is minus 23. So they're the fifth nationally team in history with 10 wins or fewer through the first 32 games and a run differential of minus 25. <sighs> that is hard to imagine hard to imagine with the way they came out of spring training wolf yeah
6: I, I wonder just how much his presence in that clubhouse is affecting how they're playing now you look at last year whose presence you mean yadi Yachty? yadi's yeah. yeah when you look back when he went to puerto rico not the second time for the for the basketball game but to rehab his knee his last game was the 16th. He came back uh, at the beginning of August. During that span, the Cards went 13 and 15. The month of July was their worst. They were 11 and 13 that month, and half their wins that month came against the Nationals and the Reds. Whew. And every now and then they sprinkled wins in against Atlanta, uh, in which they went one and three against. They lost uh, to the Phillies. They went one and two against them on the road. And then they played Philly again in a four-game uh, set, and they split that series. So, uh, And then they picked up a, a one win against the Dodgers. But most of those wins came against Cincinnati and Washington. Right. It uh, just makes you wonder.
4: Well, I think his influence, it, just though, His
6: influence, yeah. Not even him calling pitches, per se. Just him being there as a calming
4: presence. I, I would say this. His influence was tremendous in the meetings. You know, they they meet before every game and talk about a game plan and how to attack each hitter. And before the first game of a series, they go over the entire team, to your point, Marshy. So his influence was a huge voice in those meetings of saying, here's what I'm seeing. Our guy is doing this. This is what I want to do. Um, And the other influence that he had is that he was a gamer. Mm -hmm. Answered the bell almost every time for whatever it was, 18, 20 years, whatever, Mm -hmm. how long he was here. But... He was one beat-up dude, man, and he answered the bell more times than not. And that is influential as well. More than being verbal, it's mm-hmm. showing through example of this guy is beat up and he's there behind the plate every single night. And when he came back, and to your point,
6: seeing a guy like that, it makes you want to you know, play for your teammates that next month when he returned. August was their best month of the year. They went 22-7, and seven, uh-huh. so... Obviously, he had help with Albert making strides going sure. to 700 and Goldschmidt and Arnauto were having MVP-like seasons, but there's <laughs> something there when uh, you know you have a guy like Yadier Molina missing from, from your clubhouse, uh, and I think we're seeing it so far this
4: season. Uh, I, I don't think you can give – sounds like we're just blaming everything on Contreras. This is a no, collective for effort. Sure. Right. For you sure. Know? Yeah. It's a piece to the puzzle. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day – not to steal a moism here. Hit- At the end of the day, I mean, a pitcher has to finish off a hitter. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and the other thing is, a pitcher knows how he feels that day, and if he doesn't want something, he certainly can shake off Wilson Contreras. Yeah. He can say, "No, I don't. I don't like that. I'm, if I'm going down, I'm going down with this pitch." good get, good together on the, in the dugout. Yeah, yeah. I don't have, I don't have the slider today, and the, the catcher will know that. You know, he's. He's there after the first inning. You see what he's got. Now, sometimes during a game, it develops. Keep going to it, and all of a sudden he gets a feel for it, and you keep going with it. But, again, I I just think it's collective here, Mm -hmm. you know, that the execution of the pitcher, maybe it's not the proper call in terms of what pitch should be used at that time. And, uh, and preparation and just getting ready for those situations. I think all that is part of what's happening now. That's Dan
3: McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalter. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. If you got a question for us, we'll do our sports six-pack next.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Question. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. asking me all these w- weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years.
3: With Dan McLaughlin, I'm Anthony Stalter, and here's Andrew Marsh as we
6: do our Sports Six Pack. Question one, please. <laughs> We get a text from the 314. Uh, this text is saying that there was n- there was no fear bouncing a curveball with two strikes for 20 years. Uh, do you guys believe that Wilson Contreras has has shown the ability to essentially block balls, block balls, and make his pitchers have belief in him doing so?
4: Two different things. Yes, I do think he has the physical ability because if he didn't, he wouldn't be in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, now, gaining the trust of your pitchers. That's going to take some time and you know we're only about a month plus into the season some of those guys were not around during spring training and they're still kind of feeling each other out it does take time to build those relationships in terms of what happens between the white lines be best of friends away from the field but you know having the to, to try to get on the same page so in terms of blocking balls Yachty was really good at it mike Matheny's the best i've ever seen at it so you had two decades plus of guys that were sensational defensively but uh, that that if if they if they don't feel they can bounce a ball right now then somebody should be out of the big leagues mm-hmm. because you have to be able to block throw and be a great defender to play catcher in the big leagues for the most part uh, I agree. I think he's got the. I think Contreras has the ability to do so. Do I think that there's the trust? No, clearly not.
3: And that's not that's not a a knock as much as it as Dan noted. It's going to take time. And Will Contreras has won he won a World Series, and he's somebody that's been around now. This is not a young young catcher could be influenced. I'm sure you're getting maybe some push and pull right now that you haven't had
4: for for as Dan noted the the last two decades. Mike Matheny was unreal at blocking a ball. By the way, I think that maybe Mike Matheny should be considered for the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Something to think about. Took a team to the World Series, played on a World Series team, Mm -hmm. gold gloves, managed, you know, had a significant run as a Cardinal. Just something to think about. I'm throwing it out there. Question two, please.
6: Uh, question number two from the 636. <laughs> if Dunk had a chance to play first his whole entire career, do you think it would probably be different?
3: Yes. 100%. I, and, and if Dunk was an American League player. I was just going to say, if the
4: DH was in the National League, it's a whole different ballgame. Yes. Now, he still suffered some injuries there. Yep.
3: I mean, and, and here's the thing about Debilitating Dunk. Debilitating
4: injuries, too. Was,
3: absolutely. And he kept playing. Yep. He kept playing because he felt as though he was going to let his team down if he wasn't in the lineup, and
4: he was... Wrecked. He was a gamer, and I think it was a ruptured disc that he was trying to play through in his back. It was a ruptured disc at one point, uh, and I think a.
3: a, a that's a hard herney. to just breathe. Do you have hernias? Herney he did have surgery hernia surgery. As well? yeah. yeah. Yep. There was. I can't remember what at bat and what year he was talking about, but he said he took. He had taken. He had taken an at bat one time. He swung in a pitch and it spun him around, and he went. He dropped to a knee. Yeah, that's how much pain I remember. He was in. Yep. And I think I think it was shortly thereafter they finally put him on what what was the DL, uh, now the IL, and and that was kind of unfortunately the the end for Chris. He just he couldn't he couldn't stay healthy at the end of no. this Cardinals career.
4: But I think if you would have been able to get him off his feet, not play the outfield, mm-hmm. play more first base and DH a lot. Probably takes a little lesser toll on his body. Certainly. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, Question three, please. Question three, please. From the 573,
6: do you guys believe that there has ever been a a better team with more baseball savants than the 2006 St. Louis Cardinals?
4: Uh, The 2004 team. Because you had Larry Walker. That's my two cents. 06 was great. Yeah. Baseball savant would be Chris Carpenter. I've always said this. There's four of them. Edmonds. uh, I would look at Albert and Yachty. But when you look at 2004 and you had Larry Walker, who was one of the best to deke runners, he was awesome at that. And a tremendous base runner. Like, incredibly good. Um, I'd say the 2004 team. And then you had Tony, who was a step ahead of a lot of people. Dunk. Dave Duncan, mm-hmm. a lot of, ahead of a lot of people. I thought Matheny was outstanding. Yachty came up at the end of the year, and that's when they allowed Matheny to walk as a free agent and went and signed with the Giants for three years and $12 million. So, yeah, I think if you look at that 0-4 team, the factor for me that put him over the top was, and he had Edgar Renteria. I'm not saying he's a savant, but Larry Walker was a baseball savant. And the 0-4 team had Scott Rowland, too, who was kind of a step ahead of everything, too, defensively. Sure. Pretty good teams, that, pretty good players. That 0-4 team oh, was one man. of the best was one of the best teams constructed. That was one of the best teams that didn't win. So we talk about maybe it was fair play, turnabout fair play. 0-6, I don't think the best team <laughs> no. won. Uh I think most guys would say that with mm-hmm. that team, but I think in 04, I, I still don't believe the best team won. I mean, don't get me wrong, Boston was loaded. They had a really good team. Um, but when you surprised everybody and not surprised in, in 06 you did but in 04 when you win and you win late in game 7 and you arrive in Boston and there's hotel accommodations that weren't ready for you and just the whole uh, media day and you get in early, I mean just it was kind of a team that was just exhausted now the Yankees came off though this historic run of being down 03 and momentum sometimes the baseball gods get you yeah. and it just seemed like that was destiny for the Red Sox to win Dave Roberts store, stole one base and the rest is history. And St. Louis native, team. Billy Miller, brought him in. Yep. Dave Roberts got the stolen base, maybe the most famous stolen base mm-hmm. outside of, sight of uh, Jackie Robinson stealing home. Yep. But that's a pretty famous stolen base to see Dave Roberts do that. And Billy Miller tied it up with a base hit off of Mariano Rivera to tie the game up. And Boston wins. You think if the Cardinals
6: play the Yankees that year, Cardinals win the World Series? I, you know, I don't know. I I
3: remember being the I Yankees was, team
6: was pretty damn good. Yeah, too. they were. <laughs> I remember
3: being in. A, so I was on a work. I think a a work trip with i started working for best buy before i got into radio and uh i sold washers and dryers
1: nice yeah it's
3: one of the top salesmen for a week i need to talk to you right now no problem <laughs> i'll be out dan <laughs> uh but we're in a we're we're in a hotel and everybody's rooting for the red Sox. and as soon as they won, i go they're gonna lose the cardinals team's loaded oh, you'll man. see you'll all see i was wrong well it's
6: anthony people are going to start blaming that loss on you now
3: you know what if i'm gonna
4: blame losses on people i'm gonna take that that's fine i'll admit it it's my fault the cardinals had a chance to win game one it was there for the taking and if they win game one it's a different series Mm -hmm. and then when they lost it it was like and Matty moe was on fumes by the end of that season he was on fumes i think woody williams was on fumes that year so well, Didn't I, work wonder, out. I
6: wonder if the, the series before just took a lot out of them because that was an it emotional did. series.
4: It did. Scott Rowland's yeah. home run off of Roger Clemens sent mm-hmm. them. And you just the place was going nuts. And you're right. There was a lot of emotion game to that. Game six as game well. Game six with Jimmy Edmonds mm-hmm. walk off and then Edmonds <laughs> catch in game seven, which saved the series. It's what a year. Yeah, it was a fun year. You went to the ballpark expecting them to win every game yeah. in 4 yeah. And pretty much they did. It was unbelievable and that was back
6: in the day when you had to like camp out around the stadium to get world series tickets like now you can just just do it online it's not as fun but like <laughs> you could see just how much people were invested sure in this team because that was the first time they had had a chance to go to the world series since what 87?
4: 87 87 mm-hmm.
6: yeah so it was, it was and fungier. they had
4: good teams i mean you go back to the 2000 and the one so 2001-02 all had a chance to go to to, yeah or they did go to postseason play and if not for an injury to scott Rowland and getting barreled at at third base they they maybe go and then it was tony womack's hit against uh the steve klein i think no not steve klein that was uh kenny lofton but tony womack had a walk-off hit with um arizona if they win that series they're probably going to the World Series. I mean they were loaded. Those Man. teams are really good. 03 they didn't they were mathematically alive until the final weekend and then 04 they just exploded. Well,
3: o oh, oh 02 they're in the NLCS. Yeah. yeah. That was uh that was against
4: the Giants. Right. Isn't it? Lost to the Rally Monkey. That's right. Ah. Troy Percival getting that final out. And Barry Bonds hit a home run. That still is going from that series. <laughs> do you remember that? Yes, I do. Holy cow! Was that cow. game one? He hit a monster shot in game one. It was, I think, early in the series, and I can't remember. They they had the camera on one of the players. It was like when Albert hit the home run in Houston, mm-hmm. and I think it was Andy Pettit goes, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Like that. Right. He made his <laughs> lips, you know? Yeah. But it was one of those with, uh, and I can't remember who they had the camera on. But Bonds' home run was just. Man, Incredible, man. yeah, ridiculous. Well, Scott Spezio saved the Angels that series
3: postseason. Oh he yeah, was he game, sure it was did. Game six, uh, Dusty Baker yes. was the Giants. Uh, he went out and got Russ Ortiz when Ortiz was dealing. And he yes. put in a kid named Felix Rodriguez. That's right. And he gave up the home run to Spezio, and the Angels came back, won it in Game Six, and then the next night won it in Game Seven.
4: You know, I don't think we talk enough about um, Spezio's. 06 regular season triple that mm-hmm. saved the season I mean they were they were faltering man they were done yep. got off to a great start and then all of a sudden Albert got hurt missed a month or something like that and I mean by the end of the year they were like on fumes and you're thinking no way and Spezio had an RBI triple that saved the season it was unbelievable isn't Clutch, it crazy though w- w-
6: we're talking about all these great teams that they had yet the 2006 team with 80 what was it 83 wins 83 yeah wins the world series
0: 04 I,
6: o, 04 was the best team yeah. i don't,
3: and 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 i'm just talking about my era okay i'm not going back yeah. you know further but 06 i think 04 was the best team 06 was might be the most beloved cardinals team over the last 20 years or so
6: that i don't know oh, that 2011 won. team was pretty pretty special. I wonder if that those... year was
3: crazy too. The fi- the final week yeah. was insane. Yeah.
6: I wonder if those two seasons in themselves have essentially put the Cardinals on track for where they're at right now in terms of hey, let's just get into the playoffs because we've seen oh, absolutely what can happen if you just get in. Marsh, hundred percent. I mean, Dan, do yeah.
4: you agree with that? Oh, I I just think that you you get in and it's it's a crapshoot. Now with expanded playoffs, yeah. Now having said that you got to have a couple horses at the top of your rotation to get right. you through some series mm-hmm, no you know the, if you can throw out in a three game or two studs you got a chance to win and then you go on after that you you, you may see let's say three or four starts out of those guys mm-hmm. in the next series you know, it makes a huge difference yeah it's a big deal all right that's your sports three pack here
3: in the fast lane on 101 espn we're gonna play beat the streak
4: next on i like the ESPN. six pack I, let's keep going with the sports six pack Question five, please. You want one more question? No, we can't do it. Let's beat beat the streak. streak. Okay. (laughs) All right. At some point,
3: we'll throw the biggest question at you, though. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Beat the streak next in the Fast Lane on One Hundred One ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred One ESPN. to hit baseballs. All of my successes
0: depend on me. You're ready to hit. The hits just keep on coming.
1: And his first big league hit is a bullet
3: up the middle. Let me tell you how dedicated our listener T-Bone is to beat the streak. He's at his buddy's wedding rehearsal right now, Mm -hmm. but he still picked up the phone because he knows that this is more important than this. Love it buddy's nuptials so love it good Team job ma'am i'm good how are you guys doing we're doing good and and of course i'm only half kidding about this being more important than your buddy's wedding
4: <laughs> can i interject here for a second cause Cause you know always, i like to interrupt um and i do it frequently <laughs> so sorry about that <laughs> anthony and marshy um I so Correct me if I'm wrong. Not that I haven't been listening to you guys, because I listen course, all the time. Yeah. Wasn't Tanner with us last week too? Yeah. T T-Bone, Bone's on an absolute. Wow, you're on fire, fire. man! Yeah. I'm, I'm still here, Danny Mac. I love it, man. That's great. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, on
3: that note, actually, I'm starting to feel bad. What's if you if you want to, T Bone? Feel free to to throw out the uh, the the lovely couple's names if you want to wish them a happy wedding.
2: Definitely, it's actually my my best friend Drew Drennan, and then uh, his fiance uh, Megan Filer. So the wedding's tomorrow.
5: We're at the rehearsal now, and congratulations,
4: Tanner. Are you uh, are you married?
5: I am not yet. I I, I do have a girlfriend that. Uh, I've been west for a while, but not not currently married.
4: Yeah, just just watch what happens tomorrow real closely, and then think about what your life wants to turn out to be.
2: <laughs> we'll do
4: okay. Not that I'm not happily married of with four course. beautiful children of and a beautiful wife, but I, I just, think just trying to give uh, perspective. First, thank you, uh, Anthony. Advice, advice,
3: yeah. knowledge. I mean, I. I know what you're doing dan and just, i
4: think it's very helpful just watch our guy, really T-bone. closely by the way i watched <laughs> wedding crashers uh, a couple nights ago i couldn't you, sleep yeah <laughs> i just i great, love that movie it's a
6: great movie <laughs> all
3: right uh,
4: marsh
6: give us the standings all right so uh, actually our guy tanner he's he's leading the way right now he's his streak is at eight right now uh anthony you're at two Jamie is at three, but Dan is filling in for Jamie today. Didn't so I help did. him on
4: some of them? You did, you did. Okay. So
6: one of those is actually yours, and okay. I'm at one.
4: Okay, now, this is just the first guy that gets a hit, right? No, this is just, no, a, just hit. a hit. A, a hit. hit. A hit period. Keeps you alive, okay? Correct. All right. Yes. Yeah, so that'll be fine. <laughs> that'll be fine. <laughs> uh thank you, John Miller. T bone. <laughs> that'll be fine.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> go ahead, Tanner. Yeah, go
2: ahead, All right, Tanner. So. <laughs> Today,
5: I'm going to go with uh, Tommy Edmond, uh, and then, even though I showed my dedication today, I do have a quick question. On Monday, I'm going to be on a flight during the call, and I'm wondering if I can text Mark oh, or text, text line, my little sister's number, and she could fill in for me on Monday if I make it that far. So, Absolutely. wait a minute.
4: Hold on. You're on a flight, but the little sister is going to be calling in and, and giving you, or giving us your even pick or pick, head, her pick.
2: I'm, probably her pick she knows the cardinals more
4: than i do great well you're you're pretty darn good man yeah, no kidding oh getting
3: of there. Co- for, yes of course of course it is now go ahead go sell go celebrate your
4: your best friend's wedding congratulations to the the, the
3: <laughs> happy couple here
4: by the way the texture just says one of my favorite danny Mac stories is when he thanked his father-in-law for paying for paying for the first of his many weddings during my weddings during the rehearsal dinner I did say that. You said that to him. Yeah, he's the best. I, <laughs> I love my father-in-law. He's one of my if he's probably my best friend. And I said, along with my brother, and I said, uh, Mike, I just want to you know say thank you for so much for. And I built it up, you know. I said thank you so much for paying for the first of my many weddings. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that went over well. <laughs> he here's the thing. I got a lot of oohs and ahs, and the person that laughed the most was him. <laughs> he loved it. He was good with it, so I well, was happy with the, it. The intended,
3: the intended, intended audience, intended landed. Do you think that was bad? No. Okay, good. No, it was just fine. All right. All right, T-Bone, we'll see you. Good okay, luck. Okay, I'm going back in. Thanks, guys.
4: All right, thank you. Who did he pick? Tommy Edmund. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's right. Tommy Boy. Tommy,
3: Tommy Boy.
4: <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna need you, you, Tommy, Tommy Boy, boy. Right. to get
3: this place going. I love it. All right, uh, Dan, picking for Jamie.
4: <sighs> okay, I gotta go. Juan Yepes comes wow, up. Okay. He's, he's going to be Juan. Uh, yeah, he's going to be fired up. Mm. And uh, lefty on the mound. I'm going Yippee! All right, I'm. <laughs> I've, I've got the home
3: run call of Paul Goldschmidt. I'm double dipping. Wow. I mean, if Paul Goldschmidt's he's, he's he's available. I don't need to overthink this. I'm going to take Goldschmidt. I like it. Thank you. Went out on a limb, Dan.
6: Go I on, like Marsh. it. Uh, sometimes I pick guys on the other team... I am absolutely not doing that today. Why? You've uh, got
3: Andy Ibanez. You've got Matt Vierling. You've got how about uh, this
6: Torkelson guy. That's Spencer, quite the name. Spencer Torkelson. You got Javi Baez. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from that. Speaking Schu- of uh, throwing pitches in the dirt, I'd absolutely throw
4: him one in the dirt. I'm what, hey, Marcy, 99% sure he'd swing at it. Marshy, do you have their stats up by any chance? What's Javi Baez done this year? Javi Baez, he's batting 240 right times.
6: now. He only yeah. has two home runs, 13 rib, ribbies, and 100 ABs. What's
4: his uh, OPS? OPS is 650. Eek. Okay. It's Eek. a lot <laughs> of money for a 650 OPS. Eek. Eek. Okay.
6: Not great. So, did you pick somebody or no, not? No, I did not. I'm going to go with uh, Dylan Carlson today. Actually, Mm, no, I'm gonna go with Nolan Arenado again. That's gonna cost you. No, right I there. went with him last time, and he ended up actually getting a base hit. He was struggling, uh, so I'm gonna stick with Nolan Arenado. Okay. Dylan
3: Carlson is going to get a hit in his first AB. Probably.
4: And you're Let's gonna see. you're gonna be upset with yourself.
6: Nah, I mean I'm only at one.
4: It's been a stretch yeah, it's of 76 true. at bats for Nolan Arenado without a home run. Wow. He's due! It's the middle of 2014. I went back and looked at it. It was the middle of the 2014 season that's been a longer stretch, Mm. so he's due. He's due. He'll walk into one. Uh, by the way, Zach...
3: ...McKinstry, who is an infielder for the Tigers, utility player. Yep. Uh, went to THE Central Michigan University, That's right. I knew if he was going to be in the lineup, lineup's probably out. Probably and where did you go? Did I you, went to the Central. Yeah, that's University. what I thought. Yeah. Okay, that's mm-hmm. why you brought it up. Yeah, I know I went out on see, a limb. See in the lineup tonight, uh, fellow Chippewa. Let's mm-hmm. see here. McKinstry is not in the lineup, or else I would have gone with him, for sure. Maybe. <laughs> All right, we got uh, biggest <laughs> question of the day. Dan, next. <laughs> in the Fast, I don't want to win ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobb's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day.
3: So the biggest question of the day is actually going to come after you hear from our guy Brad Thompson. BT joined us in the first hour of the show today. If you missed any of that, you can download our podcast via the 101 ESPN Sports app or 101ESPN.com. It's all brought to you by Dobbs, Auto Centers. But when we asked BT about the struggles of the Cardinals pitching staff and what's going on and how he can detail some of the some of the issues that, that he he's seeing this is what brad said and then i got i'll have the question for you after this but this is a very interesting clip here it's about two minutes or so but great stuff here from bt go ahead
5: i got a question today sent to me via a uh, direct message and it simply said do the cardinals miss yadier molina as much as it looks like they do the answer is absolutely yes like absolutely yes is the answer now saying that we already knew that was going to happen. Isn't that something that we said coming into it, you know, it's not going to look like it looked before. Part of the two-strike issues that the club is having, I would think is some some pitches and it happened in Jack's game, not all of the two strikes. We showed the graphic on, on the the uh, broadcast the two-strike hits. They were mainly right in that box of the strike zone, like some pretty pretty good pitches. But I think that there are a lot of strikes that are not getting stolen that used to get stolen by Yachty that they, they either get you back in counts or shorten up innings or, or um, just just pitches that were stolen before aren't stolen now. And when it comes to his comment about the the pitches for no reason, um, there's a couple things that go into that. One is. To expect Wilson Contreras to know every pitcher in and out in every situation at this point, we're a month plus into the season would be crazy, right? He's not Yachty. He hasn't had two decades uh, with the Cardinals. He hasn't had multiple years with these guys. He's still learning them, still learning their patterns. I have noticed him recently doing more coaching up of guys from behind the plate. You'll see him go over there and, and like show some guys, hey, you're pulling off. Or he'll go to the mound and start talking to somebody, like stuff that he wasn't doing the first couple of weeks. But I think he's still trying to figure out exactly what the right calls are in the right situation. I think that a lot of this stuff, certainly the staff, is is new to him and here's the other problem okay because I know that there's probably going to be a text in or somebody's thinking to yourself well as a pitcher you have the final say of what you're throwing so if you're throwing something that you're not convicted in that's on you 100 percent 100 percent agree here's the problem it's the pitch clock
3: so how much do you think Dan after listening to BT there how much do you think the pitch clock has impacted the
4: Cardinals' pitching struggles to date? Uh, I I don't know. Maybe I think we're grabbing for straws here a little bit. Um, you got to get swing and miss, and they haven't had a ton of swing and miss, which could change tonight. With Jordan Montgomery in his last two starts, he has struck out 13. Mm-hmm. His ground ball rate has been very good. I would anticipate that he keeps you in the game tonight. Um, You know, one of the problems that they've had, Anthony, so the the offense gave them seven runs, but it was already their third loss this year when they've scored seven or more runs. And one of the things I went back and looked at, when they scored seven or more runs in 21 and 22, they were 71 and three. 71 and three. Say that again? 71 and three the last two years in scoring seven or more runs so the pitching staff as a whole has not kept the opposition off the board so it's about going deeper into games it's about the two-strike approach which I think is extremely important we went through those numbers earlier Um, and I guess the pitch clock could have something to do with it but I, I also said that it may have a adverse effect on the hitter too. hitter can't step out can't think about it all that different stuff I just think that all of this plays into collectively not... I'm not going to put it on one single thing. Yeah. But I think collectively, it's just, it's just not clicking for whatever reason.
3: I could see the new rules being kind of a cherry on top. But when you're not executing your pitches, if you're not on the same page as your battery mate in terms of how to attack hitters... I should just start with that. If you're on the same page with your battery mate in terms of how to attack hitters, what the game plan is, and then you're not executing your pitches, it probably doesn't help that you also now have time constraints. Yeah. You know, so I agree with you in that we, we're probably grasping for straws. But when you think about it as if Contreras and the starter not on the same page of the game plan
4: and then that pitcher is missing spots, being rushed doesn't help doesn't help every team's dealing with it that's something to keep in mind it's not just the cardinals but again i go back to two strikes and putting people away with swing and miss or a pitch that is going to get the hitter out by himself getting himself out um you know cardinals should be a a, to an extent a pitch to contact team because of the defense that they have behind them especially in the infield yeah i it's it's frustrating because they they just can't go deep into games Mm -hmm. at times we saw walks being an issue I mean, these are all things that add up. When you play 162 and you don't go deep into games, you're gonna have problems, no doubt. And they've had a lot of problems in that regard. I, I think you give it this weekend, and if things don't change, there's now there's a shakeup tonight with Yepes being up, a couple of guys going on the IL, but that's when Matthew Libertore maybe gets inserted in the rotation. That's why Sunday is such a big start for Stephen Matz. Absolutely. Uh, you got Wayno coming back to make his season debut on Saturday it seems like when he's on the mound there could be a calming presence with that but when you're trailing and don't forget this they have trailed a lot in games and i'd love to look at the percentage of innings of how many innings they've been trailing you feel like you got to be so fine and so perfect that you miss over the middle of the plate and that's what's happening a lot too and collectively again hitters included you try to do too much Mm -hmm. and i know it's cliche but that does happen and especially with pitchers it's like, man, we're not going to get the run support we need, and we're, we're already trailing. i got to be perfect. And that's when guys miss a lot.
3: That's Dan McLaughlin filling in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stoltz. we got fade or follow, and we'll wrap up the show next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for FanDuel Fade or Follow on the Fast Lane. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Everyone follow up. Delve, fade, Money, 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 money.
3: Time to play Fader Follow in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Andy is back for, I think, what, a second time, right? Yep. yep. Last week was the first time, and Dan is back with us, too. Dan mm. had helped with that Jack Flaherty over strikeout number, and Jack did oblige. Oof. Yes, he did. Yep. I think
6: he had six, right? Was it six?
3: I think it was... Might have been more than that. I think it oh, was it seven, Oh, it might have been, maybe? yeah. He had a good night. Anyways, yeah.
6: Andy, how are you? i'm good how are Hi, you
3: guys Andy. doing
1: great
3: show well, thank you we're doing uh, we're doing well as well so you you won fifty dollars of fan money let's uh let's make it a hundred after tonight sound good
1: uh, sounds good
3: all right so we're all in, in agreement here dan marsh myself we looked at jordan Montgomery's strikeout number tonight and it's at five and a half we think he gets at least six so our play tonight is over five and a half strikeouts for jordan montgomery again if he gets six or more that would cash the over, five or less. That'd be the under. We're taking the over. Would you like to fade or follow us? Well, here's why we're oh, doing that.
4: W- we're going to give a little analysis we get here. We'll the presentation, my bad. So the last, uh, the
1: last couple outings, you
4: know. Yeah, the last two <laughs> games that he's pitched in, he's only walked three. In this first three, he walked five. So that would tell me he's going to stay in the game a little bit longer. Cardinals need a win. He's been probably their best pitcher. He's trying to avoid losing, by the way, five straight starts for the first time in his career. But I think when you look at his quality starts, four of the six have been quality starts. He struck out 13 in the last two. They need a win tonight. So I think they may extend him a little bit because of the bullpen being taxed uh, the last three days. So they may push him a little bit, which then would allow him more opportunities to get strikeouts. And that's my thinking that he'll get over the five and a half. There's your presentation Well Made by
3: Dan McLaughlin. Thank you, sir. What do you think, Andy? Would you like to
4: fade us or follow us?
1: I I, I was thinking it would be a question like this, and I made up my mind earlier whatever it was going to be. Because I would be hard-pressed to go anywhere against the Cardinals on Dunk's birthday against Detroit. Wow. Um, (laughs) I just couldn't do it. So I'm going to follow
3: i love it andy i love i love the thought process there too obviously dunk part of the 06 team that beat detroit on his uh heavenly birthday so i love it andy i'm glad that you're going to follow so let's see jordan montgomery strike out at least six tigers tonight put another 50 dollars of FanDuel's money in your pocket sound good
4: absolutely all right andy thank you for listening and have a great weekend can i give you a Uh, little um irony Sure. In this game tonight. So the last time a team lost 10 straight series openers to begin a season, you guessed it, the Detroit Tigers 20 years ago, and that was the year that they dropped 119 games. Oh, wow. I'm not saying the Cardinals are dropping 119, because they're not. But they're on pace, too. Well... I'm more looking at the series openers than I'm before the uh, total wins and losses. And I don't even know if they're on pace to do that. I just it I doubt it, was, it. It feels like it. <laughs> it's felt like a couple long weeks yeah. in the old uh, fast lane, I'm sure. It, it
3: really has. Uh, Andy, I don't know if you're still there, but thank you
6: again. Do you remember, um, like, the past, I don't know, year or so, just making jokes or, you know, would you rather be a Pirates fan? Like, this is... This is how the Pirates feel. Is this how
4: Pirate fans feel every single year? Marci, how old are you? I'm 27. You're 27. And I don't mean to embarrass you with that, but this is how spoiled you have oh, been. Oh, for sure. Oh, the wow. last 15 years, the Cardinals oh, have been above yeah. 500. They're, they're they're The last think, 15 years. I think that's Marci's point, Dan. So three times in the history of the National League has a team had 15 straight seasons above 500. Atlanta had that run. With all their great pitching, fifteen years. The Cardinals, fifteen years, and they've done it twice. So they did it in the late thirties, into the fifties, they've done it now, presently, and the Atlanta Braves, fifteen consecutive seasons above five hundred.
6: Yeah, I hate it.
4: Hmm.
6: I I mean you've seen some good baseball, man. I've
4: seen I've I've seen some great baseball. Yes. This happens. Grow up in the seventies here. Can I,
3: can I give you guys some good news? Give a me a. former it. Cardinal just hit a Ding Dong Johnson.
4: Well, Marcy and I are looking at the TV. What, what do you got? It was Randy Rosarina. Oh, so.
1: Damn it, Damn it.
3: <laughs> When you guys were talking. Kind of
6: ruined my Friday.
3: When you guys <sighs> were talking, I saw him hit one. I said, boy, this is.
6: Next thing you're going to tell me, he's top two with Adolis Garcia and yeah, American Adoles League. Adoles for r- runs batted in. That's correct,
4: yeah. Boy, that's a. That's a fun outfield, huh? Yeah, and even entertaining. Garcia, but wait, I, hey, you got to wait till it all plays out with Matthew Libertor. Do
3: I? Yes, Dan, you do. Do yeah. I? Because uh-huh. Rosarina's been a stud since nineteen. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather, just I'd rather the... see
6: Stephen Matz pitch twenty twenty Sunday than then. just taking the long approach taking with this.
3: Long. Well, <laughs> Art, there's some. All right, it's tough to watch. All right, <laughs> get off my back. There's some people down at uh, Bush
4: Stadium are taking the long approach apparently <laughs> too. Yeah, that's uh, that one has come back to bite him initially, but it could change over time. Yeah. Uh, all right, criticisms, compliments. What that do you would got, be Marsh? A criticism of what I just yeah. said.
6: <laughs> the, 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 the perfect just segue. On.
3: Perfect segue. Go ahead, Marsh.
6: All right, from UPS Tony, Anthony, no doubt that Dunk is in the studio today. Epic gauntlet performance. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate Eight it. Eight for... not eight for eight but you got all questions yeah you got eight points eight points
3: yeah that's um yeah thanks i one i needed it because i have been i've been dragging down the team with the gauntlet uh but for it to be baseball on on uh, dunk's birthday and for me to put together a decent performance that was yeah thanks i thought you
4: did a hell of a job thank you dan i appreciate that you're a pro thumbs up to you too thank you sir (laughs) from the 636 Uh, marshy please What? (laughs) Uh, Criticism
6: Criticism or compliment, please. Uh, From the 636, love Duncan as a hitter and even more on the radio. We share the same Cinco de Mayo birthday. I treated myself to Canes for lunch today in tribute.
3: Oh, nice. Well, happy birthday. First and foremost, happy birthday. Thank you again to Andrew. Listener Andrew who dropped off raising
4: Canes for us. Uh, We had... It could told. be an interesting night for me, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I I think, too many Raising Canes. It, it was never, and never enough No Raising Canes. It's awesome. Never I
6: enough. hope the cane sauce is still back there. I think it is. It better be. There was a full, like, large cup of just Like a 32-ouncer. Yes. yes.
4: Yeah.
3: Like Wait. a
6: big gulp full of cane sauce. Andrew, well, Andrew brought us last year a yeah. gallon
4: of a sauce sauce,
6: a gallon yeah that thing was in the fridge there for a while we're using
4: that for all kinds of lunches yeah you can put that thing on anything it's awesome yeah Yeah. that sauce is awesome You got bread you got chicken you got salad like it's put (laughs) (laughs) it on your salad absolutely whatever it's all good so yeah thank you to andrew for for dropping that off yeah it's good stuff
6: uh from the 314 great show boys best show since uh well, well, since Dan was here last, like, oh,
4: you a, that's a so great nice. time. So, I, I think that's a shot of Jamie, though. It might be, yeah.
3: Maybe it it's is, Jamie, like though. A, maybe it's a crack sandwich. Take it, though. Jamie. Can take, Jamie's a tough guy, no, no
6: doubt about it. Uh, I'm not messing with him from the 314 compliments. Uh, you know what's great about Chris Duncan's birthday? You, Anthony. You taking the time to recognize the Duncan family during the fast lane every year. Thank you kindly for making May 5th a brighter day. Appreciate it. No, thank Absolutely. you.
3: Absolutely, Seriously. Thank you for the warm comments. Uh, Duncan, his family have just, when I say this, I mean it, there's not a moment, another uh, day that goes by that. I don't either say something that Chris said, uh, baseball related, or just think about some sort of moment that I had with Dunk. I mean, I spent, I don't know, I, seven years with him. Yeah. And, uh, before shows after shows because you know how hard he worked i mean we we had a little two-hour show the turn was that the at the end and we probably spent more hours on the phone beforehand, just talking about what we were going to talk about. But well, I love Dunk.
4: When you walk out of the studio here,
3: there's his picture and there's his jersey hanging. I love that we did that. I love that ESPN did that. Yeah. Uh, so, but Dan, thank you so much. Uh, Thanks, Marsh, buddy. Thank you so much. Uh, we love you, Dunk. I know you're. No, you're. I hope you're listening. Uh, we miss you every single day. And thank you so much for the listeners for chiming in and. Uh, presenting us with their moments too man it's been a it's been a very nice day great job buddy thanks dan you, you you too you guys have a great weekend that'll do it for us we have an instant replay for you from six to seven everybody have a great weekend
1: see you you've been listening to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn